0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado.
1: Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast.
0: Um, My nephew needs me to record. See, I
1: I already hate it. I hate it.
0: Hello and welcome to a Friday edition of the Chase Thomas podcast. On the line first, weaving his way through traffic, hopefully safely, Andy Greeter of the Pioneer Press. Andy, good afternoon. How are you?
2: I'm great. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, we're recording this on a Thursday, but this will be up on a Friday because this is something that I'm going to start changing and moving it up to a specific Friday time instead of just dropping it late on a Thursday. So this, for the interest of full disclosure, this is being recorded on a Thursday. But either way, um, you cover a coach that I have been incredibly fascinated by for years now, P.J. Fleck and uh he beats the non-conference opponents by i think a total of 75 points uh this season and i think it was like 78 last year before he went on a just a really rough year zero as he coined it uh, <laughs> big 10 run <laughs> and uh year t- year one rather um did not start off much better because uh the Minnesota Golden Gophers got uh, blown out on the road against Maryland and Matt Canada's team um First off, PJ Fleck, um, is this the first game we can start? We can finally start to think that, like, oh, this is going to be really tough for him to get this team to not be like a six and six, seven and five perennial team.
2: I think you know going into the year that was the expectation. I think that you looked at it and you could say Maryland was maybe more of a toss-up game, and I think the margin reflected that. I think it was two or three points uh, favoring Maryland at kickoff, so people thought that it was going to be a close game. I think it was uh, you know, obviously not that because of issues in the Gophers' run defense. I think that we saw that last year against Maryland and saw it throughout Big Ten play, and they talked ad nauseum about correcting those things. And when you lose your best defensive player in Antoine Winfield Jr., and you turn to a true freshman walk-on uh, behind him like they have at so many other spots, this is one of the youngest teams in the country, uh, you're going to struggle. And they lost their best offensive player in Rodney Smith, uh, during the Fresno State game, and they've turned a freshman behind him, so this is very much a work in progress. I don't think that we're going to see any sort of real turning of the corner to anything beyond a you know seven and five, six and six team until maybe next year at the earliest.
0: Oh man, so this could be this could be a non-bowl year for them. It looks like. Well, I, you know, some
2: projections still have them going to a bowl game. I mean, the Big Ten is, has shown itself to you know maybe beyond the top teams. Uh, the elite teams, the Ohio States, the Penn States, and the Michigans of the world. Uh, there is some some uh, w- uh, winnable games on the schedule. I mean, Purdue is 1-3, uh, Nebraska is 0-3, Northwestern has struggled. I- uh, Iowa is is good, I believe. Uh, Illinois. So there's an uh, they play Indiana as well this year, and they've got three in the bag right now. So there is a path to six that doesn't seem uh, out of the realm of possibility for this
0: team. What is it like covering PJ Fleck? Yeah, it's interesting. I was talking
2: with another uh, reporter from another outlet here today, and and he uh, he's covered uh, teams and programs and coaches uh, for thirty years, and he asked the same question. It's a, it's an intriguing uh, spot to be in when you have such a uh, you know energetic, dynamic coach that uh, does things very abnormally. Uh, but you know, I've enjoyed it. He's been very forthcoming about things. He's also been closed about other things. Um, He does things very differently, uh, but that also creates a lot of storylines. So it's been fascinating. What does he do differently? What does he do differently? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, you know, from the way he runs practice to you know the gopher talk, all of the phrases and buzzwords that he has, (laughs) the the standard that he that he has for his team um, to you know donating to the community to wear collared shirts to class, um, you know, to use elite when describing their day. I mean, it's, it's more what what he does. It's a shorter list, what he does normally than what he does uh, differently.
0: Is the fan base still fired up about him? Is he someone that they're just like, I can't believe we got this guy. It's still just a home run for Minnesota football because the guy he replaced was well liked. They won a lot of games. And uh, I mean, Jerry kill before that was still solid. Like, is there still that excitement, or is there kind of like a, ooh, maybe this isn't going to go as well as we thought it, it was?
2: Well, it was a, a lot of intrigue uh, when they hired him about who he was, what he was about, um, his ethos, and and his kind of character and, and kind of personality. Um, and I think that that still
3: happens,
2: um but it's, it's difficult in this town, in the Twin Cities, to you know, stay in the front of people's minds, given the fact that the Vikings run this town and there's you know, four other major teams uh, here. So it's difficult to stay, you know, like I said, in the front of people's minds. Um, and they haven't drawn very well for a number of years. I think that we've seen that again here in year two. Uh, attendance at TCF Bank Stadium is, is very much lacking. The atmosphere is lacking. Um, so, you know, there's intrigue about who he is. Uh, but it hasn't, people are still taking a wait and see approach about, you know, is he able to take this team beyond where they have been, kind of the 8-9 win team, uh, spiking to that in a few years with Tracy Clays or a few years with Jerry Kill or, you know, once in a while uh, with Glenn Mason. So I think that, you know, there's still, there's kind of a built-in kind of grace period that PJ has that I think he's still in and will continue to be in this year. Uh, I think we'll really see kind of where things are, and if there is some uh, dissension or frustration if they don't think
0: turn things around in, in year three. All right, so he's got time then, and I think you meant year two because remember, <laughs> PJ Flex World. It uh, this yeah. is year one actually. Yeah, we
2: don't PJ Flex World. So we're, this, yeah. is, this is. I mean, two. I do.
0: It seems amazing. It's just like yeah. always Starbucks yeah. double shots all the time.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, he'll he'll tell you that uh, there is no caffeine aid that he uh, uses.
0: So I don't believe that at all. Yeah,
2: well, you know, I didn't say I did either. So
0: I think I have your next story: just following <laughs> PJ Fleck around to see if he's sneaking caffeine anyway. Just hide out, yeah, because he seems like a guy who gets up at four thirty in the morning every day and gets on the treadmill for a good solid two and a half hours. So. Yeah, there was a uh, there's a
2: runner's world <laughs> story uh, just this summer about how he you know does. I think he just runs outside um, when the weather is accommodating in minnesota but uh yeah he's he's a pre-dawn runner for sure
0: oh my god i go. knew it okay that's great there you go uh, runners, uh, I, not, I think it was runner's, not read world, the runners it world piece there you go, there you go. check go. it out <laughs> um but what's interesting about this team and i think part of the reason that uh, maybe the fans aren't turning in a lot is they have a walk-on true freshman in yeah. zach anikstad great name a yeah. very very good football quarterback name very sure. minnesodian but uh he like when you read about him and the commentary surrounding him, it seems kind of strange to me because he's completing 50% of his passes, basically yeah. like he has a couple touchdowns. I mean, he threw a pick six against Maryland and yeah. he's not really a downfield guy. They, they call downfield throws from every once in a while, but it, he's under throwing right. most of them from yeah. what I've seen. So it's just like, yeah there's not a lot of excitement there and they have the wildcat quarterback who um, was a holdover from the previous regime. Mm-hmm. Um, Seth Davis. I want to say his Seth is. Green. Yep. Um yep. Seth Green, Seth Green, right. Yeah. And he has like four rushing touchdowns. So, I right. mean, they have this added dimension there, but it does seem like there's just this recipe for disaster because their offensive line is so bad and, they have a noodle arm at quarterback that I just, I, I I think he's fine, but it's just more of like, oh, this guy could be a starter at Wisconsin for four years, and we were like, oh, Joe Stave, 2.0 or something. like I don't think he's very good, but okay. it's also like he has no time to throw. So it's just a recipe for disaster.
2: Yeah, I mean, first off, I think he's you know a walk-on in name only. Um, he had offers to Power 5 schools from Pitt to Cincinnati um, to Illinois and a few others. Uh, So he came to Minnesota because he's from Minnesota and they had already given a scholarship out in last year's class. So
0: um, he has
2: talent to play um, at this level. Um, I think it's astute of you to comment about the the deep ball and his his struggles there. I think it's been perplexing uh, for the staff because those were throws that he was able to make um, earlier uh, in training camp. um, And they feel like they're they're going to be able to uh, connect on those. Um, Yeah. I mean, he's also had a difficult time uh, getting time in the pocket and he's also been playing hurt. Uh, So there's been a lot thrown on this true freshman's plate uh, to try and take over a team, uh, you know, given all of those different circumstances. So, uh, you know, they are high on him and you do see flashes of it. I think with the bye week this week, it'll be important for him to get healthy uh, because, yeah, like I said, you know, they don't have their senior running back in Rodney Smith. And He's surrounded by a lot of young guys. Uh, So, yeah, it's very much a work in progress. And Zach Anak said is probably exhibit A of
3: how that's so.
0: I might pull him for the rest of the year with the redshirt rule, just with how bad this offensive line is and the way this Big Ten schedule is going to go for them. Why not just be like, uh, you know what, Seth Green? You're you're on your own, man. We have to have a quarterback who can move around, and because uh, this offensive line is terrible, it's like the Russell Wilson strategy in Seattle for the last five years, where it's like he's running around, just having to dodge traffic on every single snap, and Deshaun Watson's having to deal with that in Houston this year, but like. I think that might be the thing, is, like, save yeah. this guy. Redshirt him, just be like, this is not getting any better. Like, our offensive line's terrible. We're, the only uh, thing we can do is start true freshmen. And they're already starting a bunch of freshmen. Like, they're receiving core. They're running back Bryce Williams. Like, everything, it seems like, is super young on this team. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I mean, he could get hurt even worse. And I just, this offensive line, it cannot be understated just how bad it is. And you know what? The biggest thing to me that I just thought was both sad and also pretty and amusing, is that it seems like Minnesota fans really love their punter, Jacob Herbers, who <laughs> just had a day against Maryland. And when you just read so much commentary about a punter, you know the season's not going great at all.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot to unpack there. I think uh, since you like uh, Flack and his, his demeanor, uh, one of his favorite go-to phrases is, uh, failure is growth.
0: Oh, there you go. So
2: I don't anticipate them pulling Zach annexed and continue to go with him. He is the best option that they have on the roster. They uh, have other freshmen uh, coming in next year. Jacob Clark, uh, a uh, pro style quarterback out of Texas, who has uh, a lot of Division one offers, picked Minnesota. Uh, so there is going to be competition for Zach next year uh, with him. Uh, so yeah, I mean it, it has been uh, difficult for him to, to try to. Kind of get things going in that in that Maryland game, you know. Seth Green uh, actually was a quarterback and switched positions because he was buried on the depth chart because passing was not his his strong suit. Um, so he's more of a Wildcat quarterback based on his athleticism than the fact that you know he's still a quarterback because he's mostly playing wide receiver if he's not the Wildcat quarterback. So uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting time as as they try to find ways how to win and try to get to a spot where they can get to six wins. But uh, I can tell you just based on last year, going to a bowl game is not the the end goal because another fleckism is don't sacrifice what you want right now for what you really want later. And he wants to turn this program around into a big 10 uh, championship contender and, uh, you know, keeping guys, uh, you know, healthy and, and seeking out medical red shirts if need be keeping red shirts on guys that he feels like can pay off. Uh, down the road, which is, he did a lot last year. Um, so yeah, it's it's an interesting time. But uh, you know, you can see you can start to see some of the talent increases uh, that he's had, and, and kind of how he's able to uh, turn things around. You can start to see some of those things develop.
0: How high is this team on Rashad Bateman, who had my favorite uh, touchdown grab this week? It wasn't like Antoine Winfield Jr.'s uh, ridiculous interception in the back of the end zone, but uh, you know, it was a pretty good snag on the right hand side.
2: Yeah, it sure was. I mean, when you – and that's what I'm kind of talking about when I'm talking about developing and seeing building blocks of of how this thing can turn around, being able to get a commitment out of him, a four-star kid out of Georgia uh, who you know was originally a basketball player and committed to P.J. after a camp um, and then turned it on as a senior in Georgia um, and kind of keep him away from SEC schools, including Kirby Smart in Georgia – uh, was a huge get, and you're starting to see why he can, uh, he can really make plays
0: okay um I think there's something in the water. This is another investigative piece in Minnesota because the Minnesota Vikings also just seem to have a terrible offensive line every year, and they just they had a good one last year and they had a good season, and it's already back to one of the worst in football and Now, Minnesota, the college team cannot uh, block anybody to save their life. I think there's something wrong with offensive line play in the state of Minnesota.
2: Yeah, there's there have been issues for sure. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll see. I know that they've they're pretty young and they got three underclassmen on their team. So uh, you know, and they've got some talent. Danielle Green could play in the NFL. So you know, it's it's a work in progress. They need to get they need to get stronger. They need to have better measurables and and they need to recruit there. I think that's the biggest thing is
0: you know, they haven't had an
2: a offensive lineman drafted at Minnesota a Big Ten school in I think twelve years. So that's a big issue and it has been for a while.
0: So maybe they just have to bring back Lawrence Maroney or Marion Barber III, is what you're saying, to get a Minnesota offensive <laughs> lineman drafted.
2: Well, you know, that helps, but Greg Esslinger and Matt Sederstrom, those guys were pretty talented and were able to play in the NFL on their own right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, all, uh, all Big Ten backs that can play in the NFL doesn't hurt as well, so...
0: All right, last thing, and then we'll go. I want to walk through their remaining schedule, and you can tell me whether or not they're going to win or lose this game, and then we're going to find out how Minnesota is going to finish this year in year one of the P.J. Fleck era at Minnesota. Are you ready? I'm ready. At Iowa this weekend.
2: Uh, that's, that's actually at Minnesota next weekend, and that is Mi- right, going yeah, to be sorry.
1: a loss. Yep.
0: Um, Ohio State.
2: Oh, definite loss.
0: Okay, so we're already at three and three, three game losing streak. Nebraska.
2: I think that's going to be a win. Troy won there, so I think Minnesota could.
0: Okay. Four and three. There we go. We're almost to six. Indiana. Win.
2: Friday night game at home. I think they get that done.
0: Oh, so that's five and three. They're going to make it because Illinois, right after that. Right. Right. Illinois is down.
2: um, So that's going to be six. Bowl eligibility right there.
0: Bowl eligibility in the beginning of November. What a win for year one in PJ Fleck. We're we're already there. Rowing the boat right away. Um Purdue. Um, I think that's
2: gonna be a loss. I think, you know, Jeff okay. Rahm's gonna be able to turn that around. I thought their BC win was convincing.
0: Northwestern.
2: Uh, you know, that's in Minnesota this year. I don't know. That's more of a toss up. I think Northwestern gets that one.
0: Even though they just lost okay. their quarterback, that's a toss up. I'm I'm on a sense about that. So is that six and five? I want to say. I think we're at six and five. Yeah, I think um, so. And then Wisconsin to oh, wrap gonna up. Be, the that's going to be another loss. Okay, so yeah. I mean six and six. That's what we're looking at here. Yep. But this schedule is not bad. Like this schedule. I mean, if they beat Iowa. Like, and they can avoid this three-game skid. I mean, I, I don't know. I think seven and five, eight. Eight and four is their best case scenario, I think. And that's yeah. like a huge win. Yeah, that, um, uh,
2: yeah, I I don't think we're quite at that point. But uh, yeah, I mean, the schedule's favorable. That's why I think people still think they'll go to a bowl
0: game. Yeah. All right. Andy, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time. This was this was a lot of fun. Yeah, I appreciate it. Take care, man. All right. Well, we can find you on Twitter at Andy Greeter. We can read you at TwinCities.com sports, where you cover not only the Minnesota Golden Gophers and everything that uh, P.J. Fleck is doing before dawn, Um, You also cover Minnesota United FC and uh, all kinds of other good stuff at the Pioneer Press. So go read Andy's great work. And Andy will have to touch base once uh, PJ Fleck is turned into a nine and ten win juggernaut in the state of Minnesota.
2: Sounds good. Look forward to it. Thanks, Chase.
0: we're back here on the Chase Thomas podcast and joining me now on the other line after some technical difficulties. We made it happen. Tyler (laughs) Baptiste is here. Tyler, good evening. How are you?
4: I'm doing well. How are you?
0: I am good. I'm doing better than Ty Dillinger.
4: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think I am as well.
0: (laughs) You know, man, it was cool to see him back on TV this week. Uh, I think he's improved in ring. I don't know if his look is better, but like... He was I mean they had like a four minute match before Randy Orton got uh, he intervened but uh, he was better. Am I crazy for thinking I've also I should say that like uh, Paul Griffin, in front of the pot of RBR wrestling um, was dumbfounded when I said Connor looks like he's in the best shape of his life from uh, raw and is improving and I don't know what's come like maybe I'm just <laughs> I, I don't know what's happening to me well you, so
4: like you just you're just seeing the, you're seeing the good in people which is a which is a good quality to have. Right?
0: Which doesn't make any sense because that does not <laughs> sound like how I view professional wrestling in any capacity. So that can't be it. Uh
4: no, I mean I I, I kind of agree. I, I'm I'm just happy to see uh Ty Dillinger kind of it looks like he's gonna have something to do for the next month or maybe two. I mean I guess the past few months he's he's kind of been backstage with in those those skits with our with truth and, and kind of been kind of just a comedy comedy god but uh, i mean if you get into a program with randy orton that's 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 kind of a big deal maybe like fans don't view it as big of a deal as like people back view it you know what i mean to get like to get to work with randy orton uh but it's good for him i mean he's gonna he's gonna be on tv for at least probably the next you know month or so which which um you know can only can only help him i guess unless he completely completely messes up this whole thing kind of you know, kind of like Kofi Kingston like ten years ago, whenever he <laughs> kind of had that program with Orton, and, and it didn't. That wasn't quite Kofi's fault. Him. Yeah, no, it wasn't. But you know, it did. It, it, it took Kofi a while to kind of get launched back into like, you know, uh, not not to me. I've always been a Kofi fan, but I guess it seems like yeah. in the good graces of like the people who actually matter. Because I mean, I I don't matter. You know, so I mean, I like to think I do. But
0: <laughs> Tyler, you matter. You matter to the podcast. <laughs> um, I but I have that. <laughs> to disagree with you here. I think Ty Dillinger is never to be seen again. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think he, I don't think he's going to be a prominent figure because after the beatdown from Randy Orton, who I I just, I got to do 30 seconds on this. Randy Orton is maybe my all-time favorite professional wrestler. It's either him, Edge, or Punk. I mean, Randy Orton is like the first guy I got into when I was a punky 14-year-old kid on wrestling message boards that like Randy Orton was my dude. Him and Edge, those were my guys. The Legend Killer stuff was like one of my like favorite teenage years moments where I was like, oh, I love the Legend Killer. Love all that stuff. Love the feud with The Undertaker. Yeah. Randy yeah. Orton has shaved his beard. He's letting his hair grow out a little bit. He looks like the Randy Orton of that Legend Killer time frame. I mean, obviously, he's 15 years older now or whatever it is, 13. 14. I mean, it feels, he, is it 15? Well, how many years has it been? I guess 13 around?
4: I guess, yeah. I mean, he kind of. What he would have debuted like well, I'm not even gonna count when he like debuted like, I think started like
0: three or o two
4: I think oh o two, and then he had like that that shoulder those like r k o or or branding news network segments or whatever the
0: right whatever the
4: heck they were, uh but yeah, I guess evolution kind of like really came in into its own in like oh three, so yeah, it's been like fifteen years
0: and he looks great and this is the randy orton that i prefer like this is something that reminds me so my favorite randy orton thing like the last three years is his feud with brock like him that like when they were sabotaging each other on different shows and all that kind of yeah. stuff that is randy orton at his best and this jeff hardy stuff was great i'm just i'm very happy that they're letting randy orton just be what randy be like orton a, to be. You can, yeah which is like a. Sinister. you can tell he like went to road dog in the back and was like all right Here's what we're going to do. I have yeah, a lo- yeah. like, I've been with this company for a very long time. I don't really care about being the champion right now. I understand that that's not my thing. But uh, you know what I haven't done in a while? Being the legend killer. You know what I had yeah. a lot of fun doing a yeah. long time ago? Being the legend killer. How can we do something like that? Oh, I know. I'll just be the fan favorite killer. Uh, and he was just like, because he- backstage, he just said to He just Rome, said, like, like it. I just, yeah, yeah, it was. I just like didn't it. like the 10 stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was it. So such I such think a, that was just a I burial. Love yeah. no, I, so I think I, that's not it.
4: Yeah, that could, you, I mean, you could be right. I, I, I think, you know, uh, I uh, completely agree with everything you said. I think the like the Legend Killer stuff was like, um, uh, you know, that was when they kind of really started pushing the streak with the Undertaker. And that was one of the ones, one of the few where I was watching. I mean, now I'm like older and wiser and stuff, but I remember watching that match and thinking like, oh, this this might be it. You know, the, the streak was not like what it is or what it ended up being, but it was still, you know, they mentioned it on the, on the broadcast that, you know, the undertaker has never lost at WrestleMania. And I, I remember watching that Orton match thinking that this might be the one, uh, that it happens. And obviously it didn't happen for another, you know, eight or nine years after that. But, but yeah, I, it, I agree that like, you know, Orton wants to, you know, he said in interviews and stuff that he just prefers being the heel. I, I was kind of curious when it first happened, because I thought maybe he had been around long enough to where like he, wouldn't be able to fill that role because like fans would, would just like not respond to him as like a heel anymore. You know what I mean? Uh, Mm -hmm. I I feel like there's certain people who are, who are like that, like, like the undertaker probably could never ever be like a full heel again. And I'm not trying to compare Orton to the undertaker, but uh, you know, when people have been around for so long, they've kind of like revered so much that they just won't, you know, they don't, they don't respond to the crowd. Doesn't respond to him as like a heel, but he's so good at it. And he's, so good at just being like that sinister kind of sadistic uh character that that it works really well and and I don't know I, I'm glad that I'm glad that Dillinger was on TV in the you know in the ring kind of and then outside of the ring and you know got his head kind of smashed into the the LED board by Shinsuke but you know
0: yeah. good well, TV Shinsuke back on TV every week it had yeah. been like a month and a half um gotta say still just love the theme love the love the just everything about it uh, it i love the first one the baby face one's good too but this is just i don't know i'm not gonna uh, pretend i I don't mark out whenever i hear it
4: (laughs) i was at the uh i guess it was the takeover show. uh maybe the first one when when the the guy with the violin came out i think it was i think it was shinsuke joe maybe from like a years ago
0: uh, that was joe because i think it was the one where he like broke his jaw right yeah yeah
4: yeah yeah and i remember uh and I was kind of sitting. I was sitting, uh, like straight away from the entranceway, and I kind of saw. You, know, you see a guy like walk out and was kind of curious. I don't oh, what is, well, who's that? What's that? What's going on? And it started, and I just I was like, oh, this is this is good. This is really, really, this is really, really good. Um, but yeah, that theme is that theme is great too. The the new one, remix version, if you will. <laughs> yeah.
0: What do you think of uh, Aiden English and the Milwaukee incident?
4: Uh, again, man. I'm maybe it's just like my uh like can we talk like smackdown the the it's it's better
0: than raw right I mean we oh I mean, know, smackdown know about, is about it right right yeah. top to bottom okay. like outside yeah. of the Oscar stuff, the Oscar stuff is terrible, the iconics are really bad i I just think at this point it's time to admit that you're they're just bad on mm-hmm. screen it's just not working. I don't know how much of it's just them getting fed the same stuff over and over again where they're just having to just repeat everything week after week, and they have nothing to do but i I just I can't, I cringe so much on a weekly yeah, basis that I, I, they are, it, it just, I don't
4: like it. I've gotten to that point too, where I kind of, you know, when I, when I see them come out, I'm, I, uh, and they have a microphone of Billy Kay, and she's a great, I mean, she's a, you know, I don't hate the Iconics, but I don't, I don't need to hear them say the same things over and over again, uh, week after week. it's, it's,
0: yeah. it's uh, there's I kind of a development there. Um, yeah. but outside of that, I mean, but Becky obviously is great, and her just attacking Charlotte and standing over in the photo shoot. <laughs> yeah, um,
4: that feels fantastic.
0: <laughs> it's just, everything's good, even the, I'm I'm into the New Day and the bar feud, and I think that's really hard to pull off at this point in 2018, which just feels like these two have been on top of the tag team mountain for years now, but they found yeah. a way to make it interesting. Well, they like, done, I, I feel like they've done, a, they've done
4: a really good job, I think, like SmackDown, like the tag division, like it's it's rarely been where like all three of those teams, uh like New Day, the Bar and, and the Usos, where they're all kind of in the mix at the same time. So it kind of makes it feel yeah. fresh. Like I mean, Seamus and Cesaro were off you know, off TV for uh weeks, maybe a couple of months. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what it was. And so it's when a they Smack came Dan back
0: special. It, People just disappear yeah. for weeks yeah. on end.
4: And like the Usos haven't you know haven't really factored into anything recently. The Usos uh,
0: sanity like people just disappear on that show. Yeah, never it's, see it's okay.
4: again. It, 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 you know it sucks for them, but it kind of makes it feel fresh whenever like yeah you know if the bar wins the belt and then they come back and there's a feud with the Usos and and it's like oh yeah well I haven't seen this in a while I could I could do this and they're so they're also good in the ring that you know they, you can't find a whole lot to complain about because you're watching pretty pretty good to great matches like consistently
0: so. You know. r truth <laughs> just came back and became a fixture in one of the biggest feuds. In <laughs> he's WWE main event, right now.
4: Main event in SmackDown a couple of weeks ago. He's a, the the two time NWA champion. I should put some uh, put some yeah. respect on his on his name. r truth he- <laughs> is
0: fantastic. The fact that he wasn't used and he's just he's just funny. Like it's really hard to put together funny material in today's WWE, and yeah. he is just yeah. really good at it. Like truth is just a naturally funny guy. He, dude, he's, he's what? 45, 46. I mean, he's like, gotta be at least 45, 46. Yeah, like, if you told and, me he was older than Goldust, who I think is 50, I'd believe you.
4: Yeah. And he's still like, you know, ridiculously athletic in the ring. Like, yeah. With the, the splits and everything. And, and like, you're I right. It, it,
0: I just feel like he's about to tear his like quad or something. every time <laughs> Yeah. He does that. Like, Archer, yeah. don't do this. You're good yeah. on yeah. television again. Don't tear <laughs> something.
4: No, he's a, uh, he's fantastic. And I, I, I mean, he's he's been cashing a check from uh, from WWE consistently for like the past at least ten years. Yeah, yeah,
0: so
4: so good good for him.
0: <laughs> but he's good with the Miz. Where like the obviously there's the history between the two of them, but like they just play off each other so well. And Daniel Bryan is just a nice foil for those guys. And you know what I'll also say? This might uh, be a controversial take. It was nice to just have Daniel Bryan, R-Truth, and Miz have some dialogue without Brie Bell and Maurice being involved. The Brie Bell stuff, I just, because that feud was so hot before that, and we entered the tag, the mixed tag match, and it just, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going around with Brie, and I do feel bad for her in some instances, but like, you know, it's just, it's not good. It it just, she should not be wrestling anymore, and it's not great, and I mean, the Miz, swerving everybody by calling out maurice last week was great <laughs> where he had this date re-debuting smackdown superstar all that kind of stuff that was good yeah but ultimately this feud is about daniel bryan and the miz and the less um convoluted that feud gets yeah the better I yeah. Offer everything it is because when you had those two just having that conversation with daniel bryan called him a coward and all that kind of stuff but like the miz openly just being like I do things that you refuse to do. And that's why yeah, I beat you. That's why I'm going to keep beating you. But that kind of back and forth can't happen when they're outside influences. But you still had some nice comedy relief in our truth And they were able to still do all this with like random dance segments with Carmella who dyed her <laughs> hair and became a baby face. So maybe yeah. that's how that works now. If you dye your hair, you're, you just are a I'm baby face. Sure, yeah, I, sure I don't know.
4: How, yeah, that's how it happens. Yeah.
0: I mean uh, it's all it was baffling. It shouldn't have worked. It's one of those things where if I read just the script and didn't watch the segment, I'd be like, what like this, the, yeah, what the heck This is can't it? work. Yeah. This, what what is this? Yeah. And uh you watch it and you're like, nope, that that was great. Good good work.
4: I say you, you mentioned you mentioned Brian and that and that kind of goes back to like uh what I mentioned earlier about Orton and, and, and this is kinda of not I guess this isn't really like a take, but I mean I I miss heel Daniel Bryan. And I think he's at he's at that point where like if, if he tries to turn it wouldn't quite work for him. You know what I mean? Oh I, no, no. I, way. I that's and that's and that's what I kind of thought Orton might have been, but obviously he's so good at it. But like that, you know, two thousand, you know, when when the whole yes thing started with the the crowd just like egging Brian on while he would say no and just kind of like that that weasel you know heel when he had that run as as world world champion like I. I mean, I love I love Daniel Bryan now, but I really, really loved him back then, and I feel like we're never going to get that again because, like, he's you know, so much has happened with his the career and the concussions and and the yes movement is it's so strong that we will, we'll never see heal Daniel Bryan again. And I just, just want to go back to those days where we could have a heal Daniel Bryan. I, I'm longing for those days. <laughs> go back to 2012. I mean, I'm not there or whatever, because but...
0: I still enjoy him as a babyface, and I think no, yeah, no, I think right he's, now, but I think a really lot different. of it yeah. too. The difference between him and Randy Orton at this point is that Randy Orton is someone who I think actually enjoys being, being a, heel a and just yeah. being a dick. And Daniel Bryan is the exact opposite personality type where I think he's just a natural laid-back <laughs> babyface that enjoys yeah. smiling and enjoying fan reaction, all that kind of stuff. Like it's just the more natural and organic and real a character feels, the better off they are. And yeah, when yeah, you know, it's just like just your, yourself turned
4: yeah. up to 10, yeah.
0: Right, and he's just a happy-to-be-there guy now. And The Miz is just the right guy for him. I still think there's this feud could have been better, and I think this should have felt more like a blood feud than it has. And I thought yeah. the SummerSlam match was kind of underwhelming based on mm-hmm. um, what it could have been. But I still think this is something that's cool. And I wish they would do this more often. It's so simple, but like it's a very New Japan feel where it's like, oh, we're going to have a pay-per-view match where it's literally just mano-a-mano, a good blood feud that uh, the winner gets a shot at the WWE champion. Like, yeah. I wish they did that more, where they just had like two guys that they're in on that are having a feud. They're like, you know what? Let's just see how this works. The crowd reacts to them. And then mm-hmm. it kind of sets up a title match where they like, they earn it instead of just this person gets a title match because that's what we wrote down in our storyboard. Like, yeah. this is a better way of doing it and it feels far more important and the crowd is into it because they're like do i want to see the Miz versus aj or do i want to see daniel bryan versus aj yeah it's a tough yeah. call like that's it's, it's or do you want to see you know brian versus joe
4: you know if, if that is you know, i'm not saying that'll happen but there's you know possibilities that you know just maybe not maybe aj's not the champion you know what i mean yeah but, yeah.
0: I don't think Samoa Joe's winning, but I mean No, I don't know. I don't it, think
4: so. I don't think so either. I'm just I mean from a fan standpoint like the Yeah. you know, the the number seeing the Bryan or Miz fight the champion who is currently AJ but I guess technically might not be in the future, but I mean yeah, I think that's I don't think AJ's losing at all either. This the, the Miz the Miz/Bryan thing also feels like it's not ever going to end. Yeah. And I mean that in a good way, you know, like every few months they'll cross paths and it's kind of um just because of the history, I mean going that's what, seven, eight years since the whole like NXT uh right. NXT thing. So I i they really haven't had a feud like that in in a while where like two guys just kind of you know, they you know they don't like each other and they might not always have matches, but it's always in the back of your mind when you're watching like, oh, like those two, you know, they hate each other. And and I'm kind of excited to see where, you know, where that feud goes not only in the next month, but the next, you know, year or two should be should be fun to watch.
0: Yeah. I um I I'm excited. And I think it just goes back to like that Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn stuff, Chompa, Gargano, where it's like they're just as long as they're both in the company, people are gonna yeah. talk about them and it's gonna be cool where like even if they split up shows, if they walk past each other or anything like that, you're gonna get some cool moments, that kind of thing. Yeah, right. yeah. I, I agree. They'll be forever intertwined, which um it's fine i just uh, i'm interested to see where it goes because i still don't know who's winning that match that might be like one of the most compelling just big time matches in the company this year just because i really don't know where they're gonna go and it's an important thing because if they go Miz, then i really believe that they're actually gonna have the Miz beat aj be the one to do it and if they do brian then i'm just like okay they're doing a baby face first baby face thing and I'm interested to see how the crowd works with those two. Mm-hmm. You know, like, does the crowd mm-hmm. pick one or the other? Or they just chant a, like, I, I don't know. I really have no clue how the crowd is going to react to Brian versus AJ in a feud. And uh, I I don't know. I think it's all very compelling and interesting because you know what? Smackdown live is good. And, uh, yeah. night night raw is very bad.
4: <laughs> it's so long. It's, it's, and I,
0: it's I mean, not I the love long fighting. thing anymore, that's already a problem, but like none of it is good. Like that's another problem. When it's long and not good, oh my god. It's amazing that they had the lowest rating ever. Yeah, this past week. Ever. One that, this yeah, past crazy. week. Who could have ever I, foreseen that after you put Baron Corbin versus Roman Reigns in the main event the <laughs> previous week?
4: I I don't I don't uh I don't know if it's just like catering to a different audience. You know what I mean? Like the like the not kids, but just kind of the general entertainment heavy fan base as opposed to the maybe hardcore wrestling fans maybe i'm oversimplifying it i you know but you're right it, I, I think the length is a problem and i think like the tag division is just like horrible and you know i started out very pro lesnar not being on around all the time and then i just slowly slowly turned completely against it um I thought I, you know, I kind of thought it made like the title feel like a little more special that it wasn't around all the time, and then it just kind of got ridiculous after like you know going into like when it started hitting a year, um. But yeah, I, I'm interested to see what happens with like the Shield and, and Ambrose. I am interested in that because.
0: Are you? Because it's already done after this week where they teased it for three hours that the whole show was built around like, so the Aiden English and Rusev Day angle was what SmackDown was built around this week. And Raw was, could the, I don't even know what to call them. They don't have a name. Like they don't have a stable name yet. Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler, and Braun Strowman trying to convince Dean Ambrose that... uh, he, they make good points. Like that's the other thing is like Dean Ambrose is the guy without a title. Since coming back, he's not. He's just helping Seth Rollins win his title and everything else. He's a lackey. He's just he had a shorter WWE title reign than Jinder Mahal. Which check your facts, folks. That is a the, correct thing. He had modern a shorter day reign. Maharaja. Yeah, the modern day Maharaja. He had a longer reign than Dean Ambrose, who was drafted, I believe, number one overall to SmackDown. That year when he was the WWE so. champion and everything. And uh, shorter reign than uh, Jinder Mahal. But anyway, um, I just... It, you knew where it wasn't going anywhere because they have nine pay-per-views lined up where it, you have to keep the shield together. You know that they're going to keep the shield together for a while because they want Roman to get cheered. And the way that they can help get Roman cheered for the next couple of months is keep the shield together because fans still really like Seth Rollins and they really like Dean Ambrose. But... They tried to help Raw this week by sowing some um, seeds that, uh, you know, Dean Ambrose might be the next one to turn on his brothers and that he might do the Seth Rollins. And it's like, they're not going to do that. And it would be dumb to do that right now because it's just, there's nowhere for him to go. He can't beat uh, Roman Reigns for the title. That title was on lock for a year, probably with Roman Reigns after the length of time it took for him to get the belt. They are not taking that belt off him anytime soon. I don't know when mm-hmm. the next superstar shakeup is. So like, if you this was my whole thing with the Braun Strowman stuff where I'm like, the timelines don't match up. There's no way he's winning the title. And yeah. even when he won the money in the bank, and I've been saying this in this podcast for a, a year now, and I got a lot of crap for it. I was like, I just don't think they see him as the guy. Remember those conversations nine months ago where people were like, I think Braun Strowman could be the guy. I think yeah. they're going to buy it. And it's like, no, they're not. <laughs> what about this guy screams, yeah, we're going to build our company and market our company around Braun Strowman. No, they're not. This is not how the company has ever operated. Vince McMahon would never do something like that. Are you kidding? Roman Reigns has tied Hulk Hogan and main event consecutive main event WrestleMania appearances. Like, that has happened. You think they're moving away from him now after everything they've done? No, they are going to run this into the ground, whether you like it or not, but the idea that they would ever pivot to Braun Strowman, I I just never bought it. So he's in this thing. Dean Ambrose doesn't have a place right now. He's just kind of fading, and it sucks because I like Dean Ambrose a lot. Um, I still think Seth Rollins was the guy to pull the trigger on of the big three over the last year, but mm-hmm. you know, I just so you so you I go
4: your Seth your Seth Dean Roman is, is your yes. is your shield ranking okay
0: right I think sh- I think they missed the boat on Seth earlier this year. I think the months wasted on Brock Lesnar as champion yeah. should have been a test run for babyface Seth Rollins as champion. Yeah.
4: No, I could, yeah, I could see that. I've always, I, I, uh, I, I am in, uh, I'm, I'm very pro, uh, Roman. I like Roman. I know that's not, that's kind of controversial. Do you like the character or do
0: you like the wrestler or do you just like him because he picked LSU to beat Auburn?
4: <laughs> uh, that's part, that was definitely part of it. Uh, okay. but no, I mean, I, I think, I don't think he's a, uh, I mean, I don't think he's great in the ring, but I don't think he's terrible by any stretch. And I like Roman when he's like booked as kind of a uh, fighting kind of guy. Like, I don't like corny Roman where he, you know, he makes the jokes and, and tries to get laughs and they, you know, they book him like that from time to time. I'm I'm not a fan of that, but uh, you know, I think they, they should have, they should have pulled the trigger at WrestleMania with Brock. If they were going to do it, they should have pulled it three years ago in, in the, uh, what was that 32 31 whenever wrestlemania was in uh you know in uh santa clara or the bay area or wherever it was like I, yeah yeah yeah.
0: it was at levi stadium and that yeah, was a Seth Rollins yeah. cash in yeah
4: yeah like what would have happened if they just did it then you know i've always kind of wondered that like it seems like they i don't want to say panic but you know everything was built up to to the brock versus roman at that point uh and then they just kind of reverse course and and Gave it, gave him a shot again, and then kind of reversed course, and he just kept. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think he booked great, but I, as a character, and as like an in-ring performer, I have, I have no problems with him, and I see why you would. I mean, he's got the look to be like the quote-unquote the guy. Uh, but
0: I, here's the problem with the look is. That was an outdated model. It kind of reminds me of, like, I look at whole the whole, like, they, this guy has the look as, like, the equivalent to, like, baseball fans who won't give Jacob deGrom the Cy Young because he doesn't have enough wins. And yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, that was something we used to use to measure whether or not you should put somebody... Years ago. Like, wrestling's changed. Like, there's a reason NXT is far more enjoyable of a product and that AJ Styles is not exactly like the guy who has the look, Daniel Bryan. There's something to be said where it's just like, they, Raw just feels like a show that hates its audience. Where it's like, (laughs) no matter, I, I really do think Vince McMahon hates the 2018 professional wrestling audience. I really do believe that. And I think that's the difference between him and Triple H. It's like, Johnny Gargano is a Top guy on NXT. If when he gets calls up, he called up and Vince McMahon gets his hands on him, he's going to 205 Live. Like there is no opportunity yeah. for that guy to be a big time guy on the main roster. There's a difference there that I just think will remain as long as Vince McMahon is running things. However, why would you ever want to do that? Because just like even if you like Roman Reigns, let their be like push him protect him like he's only he, he rarely gets pinned all that kind of stuff you can do all of that and not position him in like in a way where it's like they had those storylines where oh stephanie didn't like roman reigns and we're supposed to believe that the authority figures aren't behind mm-hmm. him and um pitting him against john cena and that back and forth and just mm-hmm. all of these things that they've done to him where it's like this is not how you establish fan support and just read the room like, they just never read the room with Roman Reigns. They made him talk when he's not comfortable talking. He's not a good talker. Yeah, he'll, yeah, he'll be a good yeah. talker. That's just not him, which is fine because, like you said, he could still wrestle. It's just be honest with these fans. Like, be honest with how you feel with certain guys. Like, fans know that everybody that matters in the higher up in uh, WWE do likes Roman Reigns. Roman. Yeah, yeah. It's do just you think, an outdated model.
4: At what do you think he should. Uh, I assume yes, but do you think at some point he should have turned heel? And at, at no, like No, because I don't that think that would point?
0: change fans' perspective of him. Remember how cringeworthy it was when he he started cursing in those promos with uh, John Cena, and like he does that from yeah. time to time, and he did it with Brock. Like it's just even him trying to be a bad guy is just cringe. It, it I I can't get behind it. No, I think no matter he, what his it, character is just gone.
4: But the, the interesting thing to me, like. He, at some points there've been like random points like i i think back to like oh, i guess like december or uh of like 15 i think it was like wh- remember when he he beat Sheamus for the belt uh mm-hmm. and kind of like you know vince yeah, like was forever, out there yeah, yeah and, and like the, like i think that was in philly and the crowd like popped huge which you don't expect from like a Philly crowd, especially in Roman Reigns. And they were the ones but, who like, booed him
0: when the rock held yeah. his hand up, right? Yeah, the same crowd? yeah,
4: yeah. And then yeah, exactly. And then he, he wins the belt and like, you know, it there it's a huge pop. And like I, I don't know, maybe that's that's the kind of the thing I feel like they're always trying to grasp and try to get that back and it it just hasn't happened. I kinda thought they pulled the trigger too late on him. Like I think when he when the shield first broke up. In like summer '14, he was kind of like in that weird feud with Orton, and I guess they just used Orton to put him over. But I feel like the crowd was really behind him at that point. And then they kind of they tried to like prolong it to get like this WrestleMania moment, and then the the steam just like it, it just lost steam over the course of the the year. And then they tried to pick it back up, and the crowd booed him at the Rumble, and then they you know they they pulled the plug at Mania. And I, I feel like they you know should have just done it in like Summerslam or wherever it was. I think he fought Orton in that Summerslam. Like just give him a the belt at young and see what happens. I don't know. I guess just you could say like a, a fans lot of, of like
0: bone. Your show is three hours long. Give uh, him somebody to latch onto.
4: Technically, it's like three ten, three fifteen, depending on
0: the depending on the week. Yeah. Just... <laughs> one of the easiest things they could have done was just put the Universal title on Seth Rollins for like six months. Just see. Like the numbers weren't, like it's not like it would have destroyed ratings or anything else. Just see how babyface top guy Seth Rollins because he was super over. He's there every week. The fans like him. They love to chant burn it down. It was just one of those things where I was like, this makes too much sense to just give the fans a fun summer instead of just the same old stuff with Brock and Roman and everything else. And then you had the B team and just they're gone now by the way never to be seen again maybe i may have been if you watch that like what a waste of time that was the revival Beat, since beating called, by. Like, just awful authors of pain bobby lashley like they're just it, it kevin owens quit by the way a month ago oh, and, and returned back the next week yeah <laughs> It's just, Kevin Owens is too good to be used this way. Like, I, I don't know what they're doing there. Like, Baron Corbin's a big part. Like, they did a main event of Baron Corbin versus Roman Reigns. I'll never get over that. Finn as Balor is, like, like kind of languishing. Yeah, Finn Balor is struggling yeah. to beat Jenner Mahal. Like, there's just so many things where this show is just, like, it just feels to me like it's Vince saying, I hate my audience. That's what I think Monday, <laughs> Ro- Monday Night Raw should start off with, is Vince just coming out <laughs> saying, I hate you all. Jinder Mahal's music playing, and then him rolling up Finn Balor um, to kick off <laughs> Monday Night Raw. That's how every week should start.
4: I thought they waited. Uh, I'm a big Finn Balor fan. I, I same probably probably one of my top five wrestlers in the. In, uh, not he's just not there, with,
0: yeah. he's not there for me anymore. This it, the roster's too stacked. Like it's not that I don't love Finn Balor. It's just if you look up and down the roster, there's just too much talent now.
4: Which is which is a good problem to have if you, if you utilize that talent properly, which they don't always do all the all the time. Um, Bobby
0: Roode, Chad Gable, and the Ascension have been having matches on Monday Night Raw for a month straight. <laughs> I, I just, thought
4: the uh, the um. What do you think about Lashley and, and Leo Rush?
0: That's actually good. Like, <laughs> so Leo Rush is great. <laughs> all right, that's, what, that's um, what I
4: was gonna say. I was like, I kind of like what they're doing there. <laughs>
0: No, that works. That's what they should have done from the start. Um, Now, the Drake Maverick stuff, it's... So, uh, I was listening to a podcast this week that made this point, and I, I love it because it just... There's no quality control in this company, and it's funny that Leo Rush and Drake Maverick have, like, a Raw character now, and they have a 205 Live character because, like, they don't cross over. It's like they're different worlds. Like, this is... There's a Drake Maverick Raw superstar, and there's Drake Maverick 205 Live GM. Like, there's no... Like why was there not a two oh five live guy like T J Perkins coming up to Drake like, so why are you on Raw, like managing the Ascension now? And uh <laughs> are like how does this work? How does this affect uh, your job status and everything else? And Leo Rush is just like doing like having five star matches on two oh five live every week and just seen as this prominent superstar athlete who I don't believe has been pinned yet since moving up and treated as this big deal, and then he's like doing parkour against the main yeah. roster on raw it's just <laughs> it's really weird it's
4: it, it really it's interesting like how like to watch raw and then smack and nxt and like figure out how like they're they're under the same umbrella you know what i mean yeah <laughs> like how how can how can the same company you know produce this thing that also produces this other thing which is so so great and and a lot of weeks has, like, nothing wrong. Like, I, I, a lot of times I watch SmackDown, and I, I'm like, oh, there was nothing. I can't complain about anything that happened on tonight's show. Like, I, you know, maybe, like, one Smackdown or two minor Live things. SmackDown Live is but on like, fire
0: right now. Yeah. They were yeah. awful last year. The Jinder Mahal stuff, I'll never forgive them for that. But it, uh, it's been great this year, I will say.
4: See, I, 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 I think the Mahal thing went too long, but I like that they did it. Because it was uh, number one. Tyler, I want to
0: invite you on again, but this is a take (laughs) that I cannot, I cannot allow. Sorry, can't do it.
4: That's 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 fair. That's fair. I I just, I like that he was like people actually booed him. He was, he was an actual heel. Like whether whether he got booed because people didn't think he deserved that spot, or whether you think he's a bad wrestler, which he's not a great wrestler, and he probably didn't deserve that spot. But it was it was refreshing to see like a heel who people actually wanted to boo and not. General, you know, in, in the crowd and not like a, a cool heel that kind of gets cheered.
0: Like Kevin uh, Owens know. was on that show as the United States champion. Yeah. You they could have, have just made him one. the
4: heel champion. They could have, but I mean, what's more shocking? Uh, Mahal, what's more enjoyable I, or
0: what's more shocking? I, I think like, what's more shocking,
4: yeah. I think from it, an inter th- I think the Mahal thing was kind of shocking. I think his his title reign could have lasted a month, but I think it went way too long. But
0: it should you know, have, have had started, Tyler. <laughs> Tyler, go back and watch these segments. He beat Shinsuke Nakamura twice.
4: Oh yeah, it should have never. It should have never gotten to that. I I he agree was, on that point.
0: It's unbelievable that run. We're going to be talking about that. Wrestling fans are going to talk about the Jinder Mahal <laughs> WWE title run forever. But you, Great Colley came back for a night, he beat Randy Orton. He beat Jinder like, Mahal. He had the return of Great Khali randomly. <laughs> For one night only. Oh my God! He was the vocal point of SmackDown Live for almost a year.
4: And he and again he shouldn't. I don't think it should have happened that long. And I don't. But I liked like if Jinder would have won the belt in May and then dropped it in the next pay per view in June and like like I, I would have been completely fine with that because it would have been shocking to me like or a surprise like I like being surprised in that way. You know, I like watching that. Like, I would have never thought that Jinder Mahal would ever be Randy Orton, and then it happened, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm interested again. Because that Orton title mm-hmm. ring wasn't, you know, wasn't particularly... The feud with Bray Wyatt was great, and then the match stunk at WrestleMania. and So I was kind of out of that whole title ring. Part of it was because Orton is such a better, you know, heel, I think, too. But it would have been perfect to me if Jinder if won in May, and then drop the belt the next month and just went back down the card and would have gotten me reinvested a little bit more um, if that How makes he any sense. Just got released. <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not. I sound like I'm the biggest Jinder Mahal fan in, in the world. You, I, I just
0: I'm, I'm not, floored right that's, now.
4: That's not what I want to sound like, but I I, I, I like that. You know, they did something. Completely different than what I would have expected from the dude. That is the ex- point
0: of them trying something different, and that now I that agree experiment with might have that lasted. They took a chance on someone else that not the traditional guy. They took a chance on someone, but they took and that a chance on experiment probably
4: lasted, It lasted way too long, but I, I can, especially on SmackDown, where uh, before that and after that, and, and and you know all of this year, they've been doing really good, really good stuff. Like I. I'll 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 let the Mahal thing slide because it seems like Road Dog has Road Dog got his stuff together again. It. So it's like, okay. <laughs> you, know, you don't do it too often, but you know. It yeah. is what it is.
0: Last thing then we'll go. Give me your since it seems like HBK is coming back for a couple more matches, give me your number one HBK dream match with anyone on the roster. Who would it be?
4: <sighs> it's gotta hmm. Probably, I say Brian, Daniel Bryan. Hmm. I, I was leaning okay. Rollins or AJ. Those would probably be two, three. Uh, but I, I don't know. I'd be interested to see how those two clash. Just um. Yeah. What about
0: you? Okay. Alistair Black. I think that's how you call up Alistair Black. Ooh. Okay. You got to give him a reb against someone big. And someone who's coming up that could use it, I think Alistair Black, now that the title stuff is over, um, just with the kicks and everything else. Like I yeah. think if you really want to put over someone new, Shawn Michaels first singles match is the call up on uh Raw uh with Alistair Black.
4: I, I this makes me think a couple of months ago I took I took a friend of mine who was the uh, first NXT show uh and, and Undisputed Era. Um uh, was there and adam cole kind of walks out and he immediately turns to me he's like oh is that is that supposed to be the Shawn michaels guy is he new Shawn michaels and i was like ah, <laughs> that bothers me really... by the way yeah he's I, not I, Shawn like, michaels
0: he just looks like him
4: i that's guy exactly... i was like i i wouldn't say that but i'll this is it's your first show i'll just i'll let it slide i'll let it you're kind of getting acclimated to what's going here, on here so you know instead of me getting into a 20 minute debate i'll just right. say okay and then i'll go and watch the match but <laughs>
0: No, I mean, I love Adam Cole, don't get me wrong. It's just, he's never... Like, Shawn Michaels is maybe the greatest sports entertainer of all time. Like, I think you can make that case. Um, That's a high bar. And I think Adam Cole's got a ways to go. I mean, he's still in his 20s and all that kind of stuff, but it's just... We'll we'll see. I don't know if he has the athleticism and the selling ability and everything else. I think he's got the character work that he can make as compelling as Shawn Michaels, but I just don't know if he can... Because it's insane to reach that kind of height. Like, Shawn Michaels is just... I think he might be the best sports entertainer of all time. But, um, yes. yeah, I just think that the way to do this is bring up Alistair Black and let Shawn Michaels sell the hell for him and uh, put over Alistair in a big way. I think that's like, how you do oh, it.
4: like oversell like that, that Hogan match from, uh, yes. from SummerSlam?
0: <laughs> yes. Just let Alistair Black <laughs> just go off on pay-per-view, the Royal Rumble next year, whatever. Um, that's how you call him up.
4: Oh, that's interesting. I, I didn't really think about that, but now I... I I I really really want to see that match.
0: <laughs> it, I'm telling you, man. If you're going to do this, at least let Shawn Michaels put someone younger. I mean, he's an NXT coach. He should put over an NXT guy.
4: Yeah, and he might. He's probably at the point where he could probably. You know, they might just. If it ever got to that point, like, hey, who who do you want to put over? And you know, if he says,
0: the Undertaker.
4: You know, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if he says black, then it's then it's going to be black
0: which would be great him yeah. adam cole ricochet whoever just pick someone johnny gargano chompa even do whatever but pick someone from nxt give him a big rub because we're going to bring Shawn michaels out of retirement make it worthwhile and pick one of yeah. the up-and-comers yeah all right <laughs> well i think we agreed this is good after the, yeah, we the Hall on, stuff, it. i'm glad we, ra- <laughs> we ended on a positive note tyler <laughs> we're going out strong there we go. Well, we can find you on Twitter at Ty Batiste, and we can read you at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Um, you can go to post gazettecom dot com, where you are the assistant managing editor of sports, and you call yeah. yourself the head coach. Head co- head
4: coach. I run run the try to run the department, but you
0: know. <laughs> All right. We'll see. Not time. Hey,
4: thanks for having me. I appreciate it, man. It's fun.
0: Yeah, no problem. I will uh, definitely be in touch, and we'll have you on again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks, Tyler. All right. On the line right now, Noah from Ponco. Noah, good evening. How are you? I'm good, Henry. How are you? I'm good. So the Henry thing's going to
3: stick. You know it's going to stick. That's what I call you. you my phone is Henry Thomas. You're, you know, yeah. face.
0: It's better than what Duncan has me on his phone as. What is that, Henry? Uh, Topher Grace? <laughs> uh, or is it just Topher? <laughs> that doesn't fit great, though. No, because it's even a bad picture of Topher Grace from, like, season one of that 70s show.
3: But, I mean,
0: body types, height, face, you are Topher. It just feels okay. <laughs> Why did I perfect. agree to just have you on this podcast? Why <laughs> am I giving you this platform to just berate me on but, a weekly basis now?
3: <laughs> I can make fun of you to the public. I mean, I, mm. do, I do this all the time when we're alone, when we're with our friends. Now, all your listeners can hear it.
0: So, nice. Well, I guess this helps me, right? Because now I'm a sympathetic figure. Exactly. Perfect. Well, I appreciate (laughs) you giving me that opportunity.
3: You're welcome, man.
0: My pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) So, Jimmy Butler has still not been traded, and... I've been thinking about him all week, and we've been in our text group uh, with our group of friends talking about, like, Miami, and there's a certain friend of ours who just really (laughs) wants uh, Jimmy Butler to go to the Miami Heat and is going to give all the credit to Dwayne Wade, whether or not uh, he ends up in Miami, which, by the way, did you forget that they played together in Chicago? Like, that one year of Dwayne in Chicago with Rondo, like, I just... What for whatever reason just black that out. I forgot that those two played together for years. I had to go back and I was like, "How did I already forget about that?"
3: That's actually the reason why I wanted him to go there was because I wanted their because they were fun. Their friendship was cool. I mean, at least on social media. And I mean, I love Jimmy. As you know, Jimmy and I are best friends, and we talked about this. But he told me Miami, right. why, you know? and that's why I said it in the group chat, I said he's going to Miami, and it looks like I'm right.
0: Man, I got it. I don't think he's that. going to Miami still. Why do you I, think he go... Okay, let's do a two-parter. One, why do you think he's going to Miami? And two, why is Jimmy Butler a good fit in this current uh, Miami iteration?
3: No one said he was a good fit. <laughs> but... Okay, yeah. that's a great start. Continue. <laughs> I want him to go to Miami because of the market that Miami has and his personality. It's, it's all non-basketball reasons, I guess. But... Uh, his relationship with Wade, I just feel like it'd be more fun with him in Miami than, say, Cleveland, who was trying to get him real hard. I definitely didn't want to see him there. Um, I don't know. It's just more It's more intriguing. And because Miami was a playoff team, he can make them a better playoff team if they can keep certain assets. I feel like if they get rid of Justice Winslow, please, for the love of God, that's one asset that really needs to go. I I really hope they can keep Dragic if they make this move happen,
0: but I, I don't really It it's happening, I guess. But we'll see, well, I think they would have to keep Drogic because, like, so I don't know how that works because if you send him to Minnesota, like, I don't know where he fits because Minnesota still has Tyus Jones, they have Derek Rose, they have Jeff Teague. I don't know where he fits in that situation I like- because, I mean, Andrew Wiggins is basically a two anyway. Yeah. I don't know how Goran Drogic fits in with them. I think he's also like been one of those guys who's committed to Miami and has become, like, a cornerstone piece where they locked him up to a long-term deal. It seems like yeah. they really love having him there. He's been the number one option. He's been really good for them. Um, I, I I can't see them moving on from him. Like Jimmy, he's making a lot of money this year and he would make them probably like, especially with how Spo works. I mean, mm-hmm. Um, disregarding the off-season picture of Dion Waiters, this is still a group of guys that is going to overachieve. Like, Josh Richardson, been developed really nicely. Like, Kassan Whiteside will still be a good regular season piece for them, as long as he's playing for them. James Johnson's a really good stretch four in 2018. Like, they have a lot of intriguing pieces, so even if they have to give up a couple of those guys, like... You know, a Spo in that group that they're gonna win fifty games with Jimmy yeah. Butler and Goran Dragic and Josh Richardson because, but if you have to give up Richardson to get Jimmy, then it's like, okay, I, I would do it. But at the same time, like if I'm Jimmy Butler, like we know he works out in L. A. and he's a big L. A. guy, and like if you're Miami, do you really want to give up one of the guys that you spent years developing into this great three and D player and Josh Richardson for a rental? And uh, Jimmy Butler, or do you believe that you can really convince him to stay? Because at this point in his career, he's in his late twenties. Why does Jimmy Butler want to sign up to a team that has no shot at winning a title over the next couple of years when he could find a way to play with Kawhi or Kyrie Irving or Anthony Davis in the next couple of years? Like, I, I just don't understand the logic behind Jimmy Butler forcing his way to Miami. Because that is the new report: is that he prefers to get traded to Miami, which is just—it's very strange to me. 100%. South Beach, man. Why? It's got to be more than that because the reason he wants out of Minnesota is because he wants to win.
3: Yeah, or the fact that he had sex with Cat's girlfriend and the whole team hates him. That might have something. Okay,
0: I don't think that's any of. (laughs) No, I don't. No, we're striking (laughs) that from the record. We have no idea what's going on there, and I'm not even going to pretend to know what's (laughs) going on there. And I don't think that has anything to do with any of this. Like
3: I said, man, Inside of info, best friend.
0: Okay, great. (laughs) But. This is my argument, Adrags. Tyus Jones would be
3: part of that package. They, why wouldn't the Wolves want a veteran point guard who can really run a team? Like, uh, yeah, Jeff Teague is good and everything, but is Adrags not better than Jeff Teague, a guy who can? Well, why
0: would Miami want to take on Jeff Teague at this point? Comes with Jimmy
3: Butler. I mean, I guess, but
0: I, I don't know. But then, again, Phoenix is apparently calling about Jeff Teague
3: yeah and the, that's the thing it could be a three-team deal i feel like tyus jones is part of it too because he's valuable in like with his contracts and everything but uh i i just think if miami's really trying to get him they have to lose Dragic. like it's i mean it's
0: just, i don't think dragic would be the guy who's getting moved i think the centerpiece would be richardson and then it would be like justice winslow bad enough and...
3: to because i mean minnesota's already asking for a ton right
0: yeah, I mean it probably I don't know if Tibbs would want Whiteside. That's an interesting thing. Okay. I, I don't think Whiteside and Towns would get along. It doesn't seem like that would work really well. But then Whiteside. again, like Whiteside with Tibbs would be good, I think, in a would vacuum. If, I don't know if the spacing works. What if would have... I mean, yeah, if there's only a handful of coaches that I think still love playing two bigs and everything like that. So I think I mean he signed Gorgie Jang to a long term deal. Just a season ago, like he traded for Todd Gibson, he's like one of those guys that or he signed him that two year deal and all that like mm-hmm. he still values traditional bigs, yeah, so he's one of the few coaches that I think would still um play Hassan Whiteside and um enjoy Hassan Whiteside's work, yes,
3: yeah, no no, Minnesota uh Tibbs, I'm just i i I question his moves later I, I don't know like just the playoff run, getting Derek Rose. And putting Ty Jones on the bench didn't make any sense. That still kind of bugs me. We talked about that last week, too. This is questionable to me as a GM. So we'll see. I mean, I don't know. I really have no idea where he's going to go, though.
0: It sucks for Minnesota fans because they have this 15-year playoff drought. They make the playoffs. If Jimmy Butler doesn't get hurt in the winter, they win 50-plus games. They're a top-four seed. I don't know if this is happening. If Jimmy Butler doesn't get hurt for six weeks, I, I don't, I don't, it's, it just sucks because that deal for Minnesota at the time is still a good deal. They didn't have to give up all that much. I mean, Laurie Markkinen might be a good player. Yeah. We'll see, but I mean, you do that for Jimmy Butler every single time and it was worth the risk and all that kind of stuff. And um, this was a team that if they had Jimmy Butler's contract for another year or two, like this team was positioned this year to win 50 games. Like they, they, They're a very veteran heavy team. Like, no matter what the animosity is between their big three, like, they still have enough talent to win 50 plus games. And Tibbs is going to grind 50 games, 50 plus games out of this group. So it just kind of sucks that now, if they lose him and they don't get what they want, because now the The new report from Woj and Zach Lowe is that their asking price is just outrageous still. And this deal might not get done anytime soon. And it's like, oh, what are you doing here? Because you got to move on from Butler because you don't want this looming over you because the regular season starts. Like, there's preseason games. LeBron James is playing for the Lakers on Sunday. Like, that's a thing that's happening very, very soon.
3: I know. I'm so excited.
0: Like that's happening. You got to move on. You can't let this drag out. I understand you want to get proper value for Jimmy Butler, but it's not going to happen. You have no leverage. Jimmy yeah. Butler just like left. He didn't go to media day. He doesn't want to be a part of the team anymore. He already yeah. rejected Tibbs on multiple occasions. You can't have this hanging over your franchise like this. It sucks. And I think there is blame to be had on both sides. But like the whole idea of keeping Jimmy Butler around heading into the regular season is just insane to me.
3: Yeah, expecting him to play, and if he does play, even to play hard, like. This guy doesn't want to be there. You got to take what you can get at this point.
0: And Which sucks because now. it's not going to be good enough. It's going to be yeah. a bad return, but they have no leverage. Teams around the league know they're screwed here. Yeah. So this. And if you're a Timberwolves fan, do you really want Tom Thibodeau and Scott Layden making the trade for Jimmy Butler? I'm
1: mm-hmm. nervous.
0: Like, what are we getting in return here? We just locked up Carl Anthony Towns. You're seeing what's going on with Anthony Davis in New Orleans. Are they about to be the next New Orleans where it's like, oh, what do we even have now? This roster is all old and they're all gone and who's their young pieces? Is it Josh Akogi, the Georgia Tech kid who's you're <laughs> going to surround with Carl Anthony Towns yeah. and Andrew Wiggins for the next couple of years? Is that what you're building around? Is yeah. that what you're doing? Jeff Teague? I mean, what what's going on? Like They suddenly are just in a really rough spot and I just, I don't know, man. Like Timberwolves... They don't deserve this. Their fans don't. like. They had to wait a long time. They had a, a rough go of it of the KG years and I think we're about to see the KG stuff on a lighter scale with the cat. Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, because, I mean, they
3: just they just really can't make any moves. I, I, don't, I don't know what else they can do. Uh, it's just kind of sad. <laughs> it's just one of those organizations. It's just too late. Yeah. They were a good playoff team and now we have no idea what they're
0: going to be. So they might miss the playoffs this year if they trade Butler. Wow. Like, I don't think this is a playoff team. Yeah, with how the, West the West is West stacked. Is now. Yeah, it's too deep. Especially you the have Lakers. to include the Lakers now. You have <laughs> to probably include the Nuggets. Of course. Like there's going to be a couple who fall out. The Blazers are probably on the outside looking at it at this point. Like I just I don't think they're going to make it without Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Unless they Which, get it just Sucks. Yeah. Uh, you're really into this whole Dragic and I feel like thing. That's um, the
3: move that win for both sides. It's the only thing, it's the only way I, could do I that.
0: guess. So, what do you make of Kyrie Irving indicating that he would be uh, foolish, or at least it would be really strange for him to walk away from this Boston situation uh, I, next summer?
3: I, it's the professional answer. It's the right answer. I want to buy it because obviously he'd be dumb to leave. Because look how deep this Boston team is. But he said it in Cleveland. (laughs) He promised these kids he'd never leave. And he asked for a trade last year. So, I don't know. I want to believe him, Kyrie. I love him. I love watching him. But I I can't take his word for anything. Yeah, I, I...
0: um. It's, it's a weird situation and I I can understand what he's saying and this is like where Boston fans are going to start to get nervous is that like, yeah, why would you walk away from this situation? Like you have Tatum, you have Jalen Brown, you have Al Horford, you have Gordon Hayward, you have all these guys that are going to be fun and they're going to have a first, they are going to have another lottery pick this year. Like as long as it go, doesn't go number one overall because then it goes to the Sixers, that Kings pick, then it goes to Boston. So Boston could be Drafting like RJ Barrett, number two overall next year, or Zion Williamson Ah, to be their new stretch five, like that is in play for them. But at the same time, Kyrie left to go to Boston to be the guy. Like he wanted his own team.
3: He's still the guy.
0: How many more years are we away from this being Jason Tatum's team? Four. Okay, I think it might be this year.
3: (laughs) No, until Kyrie's out of his prime, I don't see Kyrie giving up that that title. What if he gets hurt again? He gets hurt again. When he comes back, he's still the guy. I mean, okay. if he's not the same player like it was with Derek and Jimmy, that's really when it happened. When Derek came back and he was not the same. He wasn't as explosive. He wasn't the same athlete. He wasn't scoring. like He wasn't getting to the line, nothing. And Jimmy, like, it was just obvious that Jimmy Butler was a better player. But I don't – I mean, Kyrie, he's, he, every year he's come back from injury, he's still been really good. And he hasn't had a detrimental injury to like really affect his career in a negative way like that. So – uh, I mean, still, we'll see this season. We'll see how good he looks, but I don't, I don't see him giving up that that title anytime soon. Especially Jason Tatum, only being what twenty. So
0: yeah, um, I would still, I wouldn't say anything if I was Kyrie because I want to see what Kawhi and Jimmy do. And if Jimmy gets traded to the Clippers or he signs with them outright, because the Clippers just have all this cap space, they have all this opportunity. Like if he can just. If he's because all these guys are friends, basically, or yes. he sees what Kevin Durant's doing, like what if Kevin Durant opts out next summer and he's <laughs> going? I mean, I'm still under the assumption, like, this is my big, big take is that I still think Kevin Durant can be a Laker next year. Um, and I think they're him and LeBron are going to play together.
3: I think, I think that's you're something crazy. That they do. You're insane to think that. I think that's what they wanted to do. Two best players on the planet, on the planet. Kevin's not. All right, look, I know we never thought he'd go to Golden State. But he's not gonna go play with LeBron. That's his rival. Like if he has a rival with LeBron James, he's not gonna go team up. I don't him. think they're rivals. He, he got second in MVP voting every year to him. I don't think they he see each, each other as final. rivals
0: though. I Their think match they see up each other as finals. like co stars. Their
3: matchup in the finals though, it was really him against it was Braun against Kevin. Like that's But the it wasn't personal. Yeah, but it didn't it feel like awesome. they
0: were mad at each other. Like he gets more mad at like Steph and uh, Draymond than he does KD. I think there's a level yeah. of respect between the two of them where it's like I think he generally gets annoyed with the Steph stuff and him winning unanimous MVP, yeah. and I think he gets annoyed with Draymond. I think he generally likes Kevin Durant, and I think they would like to play with one another.
3: Yeah, there's a mutual respect, but I think it's more so like I think LeBron knows that Kevin Durant's the only player that can keep up with him as being the best player on the planet. Like, he's the only guy who can actually challenge him at this point. Well,
0: Kawhi can too, and he's healthy. We saw yeah. that in the finals a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's true. When, when LeBron saw him come on the court and he cussed.
3: That's <laughs> like right. one of those clips, man. See Kawhi enter, he's like, fuck. Yeah. What did
0: you make of the Kawhi laugh? <laughs> it was surprisingly
3: creepy. Like, I was a little disturbed by it. I didn't get to watch mm-hmm. the whole video of all his laughs, but the first couple, I was like, what? Oh, no wonder he doesn't laugh, man. It's was, it was kind of embarrassing
0: to listen to. I didn't. I gotta say, I don't like people piling on him for this stuff. I, I just, there's a reason for this, and it is, it's just not a like. You can just tell Kawhi is just a gigantic introvert. Like he's yeah. just not comfortable with any of this, and that's okay. Yeah. I don't think he should have been thrown in front of the media. Like people are like, he is this weird guy, and they're like making jokes about him just being a crazy person and all this other stuff, and it's like. He's just not comfortable being around big groups of people. He doesn't like the spotlight. You can just tell he's just an odd guy, but like don't put odd people in that kind of situation. Yeah, it seems kinda cruel to me that he's having to do this.
3: That was like Mo Claiborne on the, the Cowboys. He or I, I think it was Mo Claiborne, but anytime he got in front of a camera, he, his anxiety took over and he could not speak. Yeah. And that's what Kawhi. And you can tell that's the Kawhi same was, with Kawhi. Yeah, he doesn't enjoy it. And like I remember when he got drafted, he, his, he was putting his hands up in front of the camera because, you know, his hands were gigantic. But they were freaking quivering, shaking like crazy. I was like, this guy is nervous as hell. And he just his voice was shaky. He's just not comfortable there. So, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, leave him alone. But the laugh was still weird.
0: The laugh was so bizarre. <laughs> I, I still, when someone sent me that, I was like, there's no way it's that bad. People are exaggerating. <laughs> it's the internet. Yeah. And you watch it and... You just, you wonder, was that the first time he laughed? <laughs> was that his first real laugh? But yeah. he also said, as other people have pointed out, I'm a fun guy. Mm. Why? you don't have to say any of that. Just say, <laughs> honestly, man, I, I I don't even know how to answer that question. Yeah. I'm, uh, I am. like to play basketball. I'm pretty good at it.
3: Yeah. Be honest, man.
0: That's Be what Toronto friend. fans need to know. These questions, man, that they ask at these press conferences are awful and just putting Kawhi on the spot to just be like, what should, like, what did, I forgot what he said, uh, the reporter said, but it was basically something along the lines of like, um, what should, what, like, what do you want to tell the people of Toronto or something like that? And it's like, what are we doing? Why does he have to answer these weird questions? Like, Kawhi is just going to, if he's healthy, he's going to be really good and your team's going to win 50 plus games and you're going to contend in the Easter Conference finals. That's what he's going to do for you. Top five you're right. never going to see yeah. him. He loves the warm weather. It's gonna get cold very soon. He's never gonna be out. You're never gonna see him outside of uh, wherever he's living and all that kind of stuff. And then in the arena, that's it. And then uh, you get to enjoy him as a basketball player because he's a top five player in the world when healthy. So just enjoy that and stop putting him in front of cameras. Just no more.
3: Shout out to the Spurs for sending him to the coldest city in the NBA. I, I really, actually, I love that because of how he treated them in the end. I appreciate them for doing that. It's quite yeah. lost. Well, for me. we also.
0: That's fair. Um, but either way, if, if you have not already seen it at this point, you need to go look up the Kawhi Leonard laugh video because it is, it is something. But I was just more drawn to the I'm a fun kid. I'm a fun guy. No one says that. That's not how normal people talk. No one describes himself as a fun guy outside of the stepdad trying to meet his stepson for the first time.
3: <laughs>
0: well, I'm a fun guy. <laughs>
3: yeah, Kawhi just blacks out in front of the camera, man. He doesn't even know what he's saying. It's it's kind of sad, yeah. but hey, let him let him live. Media, let him live, man.
0: Can I say that I'm really excited for Elton Brand, the GM in Philadelphia? I need to know why. Did you listen to the Low Post this week?
3: I didn't get to. I read up on it a little bit, but I didn't so get to. So he hear was on this yet. week.
0: Yeah, he he just. He's really interesting. He's a really smart dude. You can tell that he's just ready for this. He's very calm, collective. Um, Some great Shane Battier stories on that (laughs) podcast, who seems like the most annoying human being of all time. Uh, No, absolutely. Like, he was complaining about noise in college and just, like, I think he, like, said stuff to Coach K about it. And Coach K, like, said the, just, like, what – like, it's okay. Like, they're in college. They're having fun. And Shane Battier was a strict book guy. He's, like, studying for classes. He was very um, on the straight and narrow. So, I don't yeah. know. It was it was funny. But, um, yeah, no, Elton Brand, I just – I came away impressed. I was like, okay, this guy – Can lead this group. And the way he talked about it, where like my whole belief from the start is that like this is not a real process if you're going to keep Mark Eversley and everyone who's already in that little group in play. Like if they're also going to stay on, why would any GM from another team want to take a job where they're, they know it's going to be a community effort where Brett Brown has a strong say and Mm -hmm. all these other people in the room have a strong say? It's like Mm -hmm. you're walking into a collaborative effort that with people you don't already have a relationship with. So you had to pick somebody from within. And I think Elton brain makes a lot of sense. He was the GM of the uh, G league team yeah. before this. Um, he's only been out of the league for two years, but at the same mm-hmm. time, like, I don't know. I think it's cool. I think it's cool to see like him, Malik Rose, um, in Detroit. Um, a lot of these former players get opportunities because uh, Chonty Billups, I think will be really good once he finally takes the job. I mean, he yeah. was starting with Cleveland uh, last year. I just, I want more diversity and I want more um, player voices in this capacity because I think it's really nice to have a nice mixture. I don't want every GM to be Sam Hinkie and uh, Daryl Morey. I yeah. want more, uh, okay. I, I just want more diversity. So I, I came away impressed and I think the Sixers, I mean, I think they're going to be fine.
3: Yeah, I mean, I he's got to be a smart guy. He, he figured out in, towards the end of his career how to keep getting checks and just like be, by being that veteran leader and being a locker room guy. Like, I mean, come on, why, why was he in Atlanta?
0: He well, he talked there. about that. Uh, they had to convince him and he wanted to be like, so he is just a really good locker room guy. And he, you could tell he loved being a mentor. Like he yeah. loved working with that Atlanta team. He really enjoyed being on that 61 team.
3: Mm-hmm. And, and like, he's getting paid the whole time. But i trying to go back to that, but he got to also learn how a team is run like as a, a mature adult, you know? So I got a little bit more hope just like looking into everything and, It was just smart for him to go back to the Sixers and everything. And that was like home for him for a while, you know. But I didn't think it was as dumb. Like when you were first here, I didn't think it was necessarily dumb, but I was just like, where's the experience, you know? But then I looked into it some more. And with the the G League team, that kind of gave me some hope. And then just him being with the organization for years and stuff and him being a good locker room guy, I feel like that has a huge deal, a huge, huge impact on why they picked him and stuff. So we'll see, man. Yeah, I mean I they're think...
0: already a good team,
3: but we'll see what kind of moves he can make to make them better.
0: Do you think they he... should go after Jimmy Butler?
3: They're asking for Ben Simmons, so for the love of God, no! Like, do not no. Give up ben yeah, Benson for sure, not back. for Ben. That's ridiculous. But I feel like they should go for if if after this season, if Folks and Ben don't improve, then I feel like they have to get somebody else. Because I mean, they have a, they have a ton of time. They're of really the younger team in the NBA, and I don't think they should just rush into. Get rid of, getting rid of assets. They don't have to win now. So um, I think they just need to ride this season out, see how it goes, and then make moves after that. Or if they feel like they can make moves before the trade deadline, then do it then. But I don't think they're in any kind of rush. Hopefully he won't be. They just
0: have to be healthy. Yeah. it's ama- They're just a team that's just like everything, their trajectory re- revolves around their health. Like, And also some stuff upstairs with Markel Fultz. Like if Markel Fultz's head's right. Uh, Ben Simmons stays healthy and his foot's fine, and Joel Embiid doesn't get injured and plays more games and plays more minutes. Yeah, they're gonna be fine. But well, if two of those three things don't happen, then they're in real trouble and they're gonna be in the lottery in a couple of years. Like that's just how crazy it is for them.
3: Yeah, we'll see what happens, man. They're they're intriguing this year because like we were all really excited about them last year, but it wasn't sustainable. Like like we you, you said last week crazy threes that are being thrown up and their half court offense is like they really couldn't score because Embiid's getting triple teams and Ben couldn't shoot Markell wasn't even on the floor so I'm excited to see him because of the talent they have but I, we got to see improvement man otherwise they're just going to be one of those teams. who is it It'll be the Timberwolves <laughs> don't go anywhere yeah.
0: so <laughs> well this is a good way to wrap up here um Jimmy Butler, where do you think he ends up? He has not been traded as of this recording. Where do you think he goes?
4: Mario!
3: I called it, man. So
0: that's your real answer. You really I think that's three ends up?
3: I think that Pat Riley is going to go after him hard. And he'll end up a heat playing in South Beach with his buddy Wade. Hopefully not hitting on okay. Gabby.
0: I still think he ends up in Toronto. That's interesting.
3: Would you... I don't... I, would Kawhi and Jimmy play well together? I mean, they'd be amazing yes. defensively. Like, that would be awesome.
0: And we know that That's Tibbs in Minnesota wanted Kyle Lowry. And Kyle Lowry, if you saw this week, not re- uh, not returning texts and calls from uh, Masai and Nick Nurse over the summer. Mm. Wow. If the salaries are almost identical, Yeah, you get Kyle Lowry, a vet that Tibbs wants, that pushes them back in the playoffs. You could send Jeff Teague in the deal as well. Yeah send over um, one of the interesting young pieces on the Raptors like Pascal Siakam or... I I wouldn't give up OG Ananobi, but... Do they need him as much? I I mean, I love Ananobi.
3: Look at the wings you'll have now.
0: But maybe Norman Powell, but I guess it's just more of like unless you get an assurance from Jimmy Butler that he's staying. Like, I just would not give up OG unless Jimmy Butler's like, yeah, I'll stay for three to five more years. I, I could not do it. I'm really high in a, in a newbie, so maybe it's like Dylan Wright and um, Kyle Lowry and a first-round pick and stump something like that. Uh, obviously it would be a little bit different, but I do think that's where he ends up. I I think that's what happens: is Kyle Lowry's in Minnesota and Jeff Teague and Jimmy Butler are in Toronto.
3: Hmm. We'll see, man. I'm excited. This is, I mean, it's it's taken much longer than I expected, just because I guess Minnesota's asking for too much, but. Yeah. I'm excited to see where he goes. I hope he goes to the east. Uh, we need more guys in the east. I'm tired of, we did right now, so I'm rooting. i i <laughs> I wouldn't be mad at Toronto. I'd actually be pretty happy about that because then they'd be the best team in the east. I'll give you that. They're not right now. They would be after Jimmy. okay, so
0: there we go yeah. Noah Clark, Henry. <laughs> thank you as always, sir. And if you're in the Atlanta area, go eat at Ponco.
3: yeah, you should. It's really good,
0: yeah. And you're not biased at all, correct?
3: Not at all. I haven't eaten in my whole life. Not at all. Not my restaurant. <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> oh, so follow Noah on Twitter at Noah from Ponco and uh, go check all that out. And uh, Noah, as uh, we said last week, will be a frequent part of the podcast, talking NBA, especially as we're about to uh, get started uh, with the new season. Preseason basketball this weekend. The Lakers. Yeah, I'm ready. Noah Clark, we'll talk soon.
3: All right, Andrew, see you later, man.
0: Right. Nick Stellini is here. It's been a, like a month, a month and a half. Nick, we haven't talked in a little bit. It
1: has been a while.
0: Well, I'm glad we we're able to make it work tonight and have you back on the pod because postseason baseball, it's almost here. It's the best time of the year for sports. Football is in full swing. Baseball is hitting the best time of the year and basketball preseason is starting this weekend. It's a It's a great time. It is a very, very good time. Um, should I be worried about the Braves not winning a series in the playoffs? Um,
1: well, they would get whoever wins the West, right? Mm hmm. Um, I would think they match up pretty well. Um, my one concern would be the starting pitching. Um, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's as bad as some might think it is. Um, because I mean, I, I, I'm not as familiar with the team's thinking as you are. I don't follow the team as closely as you do. um, But they're going to put
0: Tukey in the rotation for their playoffs, right? I would hope so. That has been something where it's like, I've heard both sides were like, well, he's young. Do you really want his like seventh start being in a critical postseason game? That kind of stuff. But it's like, they don't really have an, a, any other great options outside of Fulton Evich. Like Fulton Evich should probably start game one. He's their best option. You don't trust Tehran. You don't trust Newcomb, even though he had a good outing yesterday. Like, it's just it's really bad outside of Tukey and uh, Fulty. Like I just they don't have many answers right now, and I think you just have to go with what's worked. And Tukey has been one of the few that has. Yeah,
1: I, I'm a big Tukey guy. Um, I, I would I would absolutely start him. Um, like honestly, like I wouldn't be afraid to give Kyle Wright the ball if I had to. But oh, wow. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm pretty aggressive when it comes to postseason pitching. Um, but with Faulty, Tukey, and, uh, Tehran, I, th- and, and Gossman, I think you're going to be okay. Um, at least for the first round, because, um, I don't love the rotations of either team, mm-hmm. whether it's the Dodgers or, or, or the Rockies. Um, I actually might give the Rockies a leg up in that category, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, Freeland and Orquez are really good. Um, and I, I just I don't it always feels like the Dodgers, even though they have like fifteen starting pitchers every year and never never actually have a rotation, it's very interesting. Um like I just don't trust anybody besides Kershaw on that team right now. Um so you probably hope for the Dodgers, to be perfectly honest. Um, because their pitching staff between the bullpen and the and the rotation is not great. Um well, Walker Bueller, I forgot about Bueller, Bueller's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think the Braves are, they, they can, they can hang around in the first
0: round. I wouldn't be surprised if they won a series. It would be fun with the dog. I think it'd be more fun against the Dodgers just because they have the same kind of weaknesses and the same kind of strengths where they're both going to hit a lot of dingers, Their offenses are both potent. They're going to score all that kind of stuff. You have Acuna, Machado, a bunch of superstars, all that kind of stuff. And you, the starting rotation for both teams, very volatile. Both bullpens, I mean, sure. And I just think it's going to be incredibly entertaining if those two uh, get matched up with one another. I think the Rockies. I would take the Braves. I feel I, it's weird. I still just feel more comfortable against the Rockies just because I know who they are. And the Dodgers, I just, I still can't get a read on them. We're recording this on September 27th, and I'm still just not sure who they are, even though I still think that they our best position to win the national league. I'm just, I, I don't know. I, I, I want to talk I, about I, the I, Brewers, but I, I can't do I with their pitching all in on the Brewers. Are you? Okay. I, I, Is it I, just I, Christian Yelich? Is it I, just, I, I
1: don't know if it's logical, but I okay. am all in on the Brewers. Um, they are my team right now in the national league. I expect them to win the central. Um, I expect them to go to the world series. um, with, with with their rotation that's led by Jolice Chastain and Gio Gonzalez, um, it is a <laughs> yeah. beautiful disaster. I mean, listen, the Royals won the World Series a few years ago with giving Chris Young playoff starts. Anything is that's possible. True. When you can hit the ball and you can catch the ball and you've got this God-tier bullpen, um, anything is possible.
0: The Brewers are the hot choice right now.
1: and no, I, I, I totally understand they're the sexy pick right now. I get yeah. that, but I am willingly succumbing to that.
0: Okay, um, what do you think about the Phillies falling apart? What, did you see this coming? Did you see them fading um, after hanging around for as long as they did? I didn't like them as much as they liked the Braves, but mm-hmm. this
1: is this is special. Um, this is a literally historic collapse. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you really poke around at at it, it's not overly surprising. Um, you know, they were they were, I mean, I give them credit for going out and getting Ramos. That's fine. Um, but there were always some weird holes in their lineup. There was always some weird guys like they kept on the bench that probably should have been playing. Um, The rotation after Nola was never great, especially once Pavetta fell off a little bit because he had a good start and then he he really fell off. Um, The bullpen has never been sexy. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, am I surprised they're not making the playoffs? Not really, no. I'm surprised they're doing it in this fashion, where it's just a total, absolute breakdown. Um, The postmortems that are going to come out of this are going to be very interesting. Um, They've already said the whole coaching staff is coming back, which I find to be interesting. Um, Some of the reads I get on the situation from Phillies fans that I know and the writers too is that they're almost analytical to a fault. um, Where I mean, I've always been a strong advocate of you need to have a strong mix of both approaches. Um and I, I think that the people have said that like they're analytical to a fault. Um they're they're
0: they're overthinking things too much. Um is this where the logic behind like free agents being scared of signing with the Phillies comes from well I don't know if I would ever say the. I mean, I don't know if I've seen that the free agency. Well, it's the Gabe Kapler thing. I saw that a couple days ago, where it's like players may not want to play for Gabe Kapler in this group.
1: You know, I'm not. I'm not surprised by that. Um, I think that Kapler, look, I, I don't. I don't. I'm not pinning this all on Kapler, like because a lot of this is clearly coming from the front office. Um, I want to be fair, and and and, and let, let's be honest, Kapler is basically a front office employee. Mm-hmm. Um. So that that's a that that's a Matt Klintak problem um and he, you've heard this kind of talk with the, about the Astros before too where people didn't want to sign with the Astros and there have been multiple players who have left Houston and immediately gotten a lot happier just earlier this week Ken Giles said he was happy he got way happier once he left the Astros and he won a ring with them mm-hmm. um you know, the, 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 you, Pat Neshek said stuff to that effect as well. Um, so I'm not surprised by this. I'm, you're Charlie Morton talking about possibly retiring. It's crazy. Um, so that being said, I think that Kapler has responded reasonably well to criticism. Um, he's demonstrated a willingness to change, which I give him credit for. I didn't expect that at the start of the year. Um, so there might need to be a radical reassessment of, the, of the, the, the overall philosophy. That being said, they're in excellent position to, to, to going forward. Um, they need to find, I mean, one one concern I have is the, uh, the Carlos Santana signing is as good as he's been. Um, it was always a weird fit. I mean, the, the Reese Hoskins in the outfield thing is not good. Um, so they need to figure that out somehow. But they're obviously in a very good position going forward. They still have a lot of talent down on the farm. Um, it's a little further away than it has been in the past, but it's there. Um, they've obviously got a shit ton of money
0: to spend. Um, they are the- That's the big thing, I think, is that this Phillies team is and this ownership group is going to spend. And I think if they can convince one or two of the big names, like it, it seems like by all accounts that Manny Machado is not re-signing in Los Angeles – and if that's the case, and the Phillies, we know the relationship with that front office, and a lot of old Baltimore guys are in that front office, like they can convince Manny Machado to come through. I mean, that solves their uh, inability to develop on that left side of the infield and, problem and, and playing Astrobol Cabrera <laughs> down the stretch. And um, even
1: beyond that, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. until I am given the latent evidence otherwise, in my heads, they're the presumptive favorite for Mike Trout in two years,
0: which is huge. Because it, imagine if they sign Bryce Harper this winter. And then get Mike Trout in a couple of years. It's, it's, a, it's absolutely possible. Yes. So I think Braves fans who are celebrating and are enjoying this year. I've I'm right there with you. They've developed the right way. They spent the right way. They didn't. Uh, they just let this all play out, and it's worked. It's been great. Um, I still don't believe Brad Snicker should be the NL Manager of the Year, which seems to be like the big sentiment here. Uh, but I also don't think there should be an NL and AL Manager of the Year MVP, Cy Young, all that it should be one because these teams all play each other it's not like what it used to be decades ago like they all play each other i just i don't understand like you can't have two mps you can't have two i'm still i'm still good with that because the
1: you're still playing in your league much more than you're not um i i don't have a problem with with individual league awards
0: but does it
1: just i understand your argument um and yeah, the, the talent disparity between the two leagues right now is crazy, um, but I, I'm still cool with it I, I, until you get like a true NBA schedule where you're playing okay. out of your out of your league or conference or whatever a lot rather than just one series of every team. Um, I, I, I I'm okay with it for now.
0: Okay, um, how do you feel about the Yankees?
1: Um, so this really depends on um, if and when they. <laughs> it really depends on if and when Hicks and Gregorius come back. Um I Didi I, w- I believe is going to play at some point in Boston. I think Hicks probably plays at some point in Boston too. I would expect to see at least one of them in the wild card lineup, but not both of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and if I mean, I mean, Aaron Hicks is one of the most underrated players in baseball. He is it's, it's absurdly good.
0: Wasn't uh, he like fourth or fifth in WAR for them at one point this year. Is he's he still there,
1: really good. Yeah. Um, And Didi, obviously, is Didi. Um, He's a bit of a glue player. Um, I mean, when they're both in the lineup, it's a very scary lineup, even with Sanchez not hitting. Um, So I'm reasonably positive about them. Um, I expect them to... I expect them to play the game in New York. Um, I think that's pretty much... That's going to happen. They just need to win once in Boston for that to happen. Um, So... I would expect the game to be in New York. Um, it's going to be a much harder game than it was last year. Um, oh, I mean, no disrespect to the 2017 Twins, but Oakland is. I a, mean, the
0: A's are an incredibly better team. Like they're I think they're like fair. A 96 like the twins were nothing like this A's team.
1: 96, 97 win team. Yeah. Um, their bullpen is great. Um, they catch the ball. They can hit the ball.
0: Biscotti uh, is starting to hit. He yeah, back to his two years ago form. That, Matt Chapman's absurd. Yeah, um, Matt Olson, Chris Davis, like they just—they're gonna. There's gonna be a lot of home runs in this wild we, card game. We, I
1: think Jed Lowry is having a phenomenal yeah. year. Nobody's really talking about it. Um, I'm a big Ramon Laureano guy. Laureano's fun.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. And What's yeah, the biggest matchup that you're looking forward to seeing between the two of them. What is something that you're already writing down? You're like, okay, this is going to be a big part of this playoff game.
1: Um, well, the, I can tell you now that the announcers aren't going to shut up about the, uh, the John Carlos and Mike fires blood, blood feud, um, <laughs> which honestly, <laughs> there, there's some substance to that. Like, I, like, I, like, I, I think John Carlo knows deep down that it was an accident, but like, he does not like Mike fires. Um, okay. <laughs> and yeah. And, um, I don't think Fires likes him either. Um they're, they're, so that that's gonna be a thing. I mean, I'm assuming Fires starting the game unless they unless they uh run an opener out there, which I wouldn't be shocked by, but
0: I'm assuming fires is starting. Which uh, a bunch of teams have done, by the way. Like the Raiders The Yankees used an opener the other day. Yeah. Uh, we that talk has died down. People like had this whole big fuss about it, but like a third I, I still hate of the league it. abused it. I, I I still hate it. Um, it's, it's not, I don't think it's going to stick because Jeff Sullivan had a really good piece on Fangraphs a couple weeks ago about it where like you, the, it just, it's not really worth it. And the only reason teams were doing it is because they were so starved from starting pitching help outside of Blake Snell in Tampa Bay. Like they just had to do it to give them some sort of competitive advantage right away. Um, most teams don't have to deal with that. And it's just, if you look at the results that it's just, it doesn't really affect much.
1: It's not aesthetically pleasing baseball.
0: Um, it's anti-labor. Um, I'm just not a fan of it. Um, I don't think it's going to stay around. I think it's just something they try. It's not going to be like this the the um, shift. I think that's just something that's part of the game. But I don't think uh, the opener is going to be a consistent thing. Yeah,
1: um, but I wouldn't be surprised if Oakland goes that route. Um, it's probably worth it for them in a wild card game just because mm-hmm. they're both been so good um, and as, as good a year as Mike Fires is having, he's still Mike Fires. Um, so take that as you will but no it it's going to be a really good game um i i I'm, I'm looking forward to it it it's it's going to like as much as last year's AL wild Card game was like a direct hit of cocaine to the brains like from <laughs> the first inning on i think this is going to be crazier um just because how good both these teams are um
0: it's not fair that one of these teams only gets to play in one It problem.
1: really isn't um I, I wish that wasn't the case but oh well
0: I also kind of love that it's the case, you know what I mean? Where it's like there's so much pressure in this game. Like, we're all going to be tuned in of like, oh, man, this is just brutal. Both these teams are so good, and they have everything to lose. And just the magical season for the A's, the Yankees, this empire, like the dichotomy between the two teams and how they spend and all this stuff. Yeah. It's going to be entertaining, and we're going to be glued to the TV, and it would not be as fun if it wasn't best of five. Like, there's just something about this one-game elimination that's just – it's just aesthetically pleasing. It's something that no, I, you want to see.
1: I'm, like a big, I'm a big fan television. of the wild card game. I, I I think the wild card game is good for baseball. I um, agree. Like in my mind, like and it's not even close. The greatest game of all time is the 2014 AL wild card game. Oh wow! Um, it's not. It's not even close. Um, the 2014 AL wild card game is the greatest game ever played.
0: Okay. Uh, there you go. I was not expecting that. All right. I'm going to have to go back and uh, revisit uh, that game.
1: I mean, give yourself like four hours to watch it, but
0: it, it no, I'm going to speed through. There's baseball is one of those you can't speed through. You don't have to watch every. Play.
1: Um, I mean, I mean, it, it's the speed game. Um, it, it, it was it is absurdly good. Um, mm-hmm. that's the uh the uh, A's Royals wild card game for anybody listening. Yes,
0: um, <laughs> which feels like forever ago. It, it, it
1: feels like a lifetime ago, uh, which is crazy. Um, but that, that, that is easily the greatest game ever played in my opinion.
0: Is there any chance Max Scherzer wins Cy Young over Jacob DeGrom?
1: God, I hope not. Um, nothing against Max Scherzer, who is one of my favorite players to watch and has had an an incredible year, but, um, Jacob DeGrom is the MVP. Is he? Yes. Okay. Not, it's not, not even a question in my mind. All due respect to Christian Yelich. Um, who who is having a, a also having a phenomenal year. Um, but Jacob deGrom's the MVP and it's not close in my opinion.
0: I'm giving it to Alex Bregman.
1: In the National League.
0: Yes. I'm writing him in. I think all baseball writers who have a vote should write in their second place vote in the AL. You That's think Alex do. Bregman's
1: the second place MVP in the American league?
0: I think now. He wasn't like three months ago. But if you look at his split, especially for the last couple months, I. It right, so, who's, who's first for, for me? Say it again. Who's first for you? Mookie. Mookie? Okay. You're not putting Trout second? He missed too many games. That's it. That's all it is. Is Mike Trout missed too many games?
1: All right. Here. Want to do something fun? Ready? Mm-hmm. How many games has Mookie played in?
0: Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't want to play this game anymore. I don't want to play this game anymore. <laughs> um, I don't want to. Tell me how many?
1: 134.
0: How many games has Mike Trout played in? Well, the fact that you're asking me this, I feel like he's played in more. But I want to say, I feel like he's missed a month and a one two. I mean, my head's telling me one twenty something. But the fact that you're bringing this up, I want to say one thirty eight, one thirty seven. Okay. So
1: Trout's played in he's more. He's
0: played more games. So he's, never mind. All right, Giving it MVP. back to Mike Trout. He wins AL MVP.
1: Um. Mookie currently entering today, mind you, so whatever is going on right now hasn't been figured in. Mookie coming in today has 10.1. Trout's got 9.7. So that's literally within the margin of error. Um, So take it as you will.
0: Uh, Maybe part of it, too, is he's the best player on the best team. See, I don't give a crap about that. Yeah, I don't usually, but if it's that close between two guys and it's not I know it's stupid. It's one of those things where it is stupid, but it just to remember the season, that's another thing we got to think about and that's part of the reason I'm okay with Jacob deGrom winning the AL is who we're going to remember from this season. I guess Jacob deGrom's insane season where he could have gone like 30 and 0 on a team that gave him four runs a game and that kind of stuff. We're going to remember that and how the Mets offense failed him. And we're going to remember Mookie Betts and everything he did for this Boston team that just won a shit ton of games. I mean
1: yeah and if you want just... to if you want to give him credit for the 30 30 i I can do that. I would argue that Trout probably steals more on a better team because you probably don't run him as often because you don't want to run it to outs because you only have so many outs to play with when you're the Angels. Um, so you could probably make a reasonable argument Trout is currently chasing a 30 30 season if he's on a good team. Um, but if you if you want to give Mookie credit for 30 30, um probably wins the batting title
0: um that's fine Can We um, celebrate uh the diamondbacks not making the playoffs for 20 seconds good, good riddance good riddance good riddance <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I i i i loved them for three months and then they spurned me so good riddance
0: uh that's my favorite recurring thing of our talks on this podcast is this star loathing of the Arizona Diamondbacks and how they handled the JD Martinez stuff. What a joke. Oh my god. And I was looking at like just their run differential and everything else, and just their offense and runs scored. I'm like, "Oh, you know what would have helped here? You've know been nice. A second MVP candidate?" <laughs> yeah. That might have helped things, especially that early slow start, and you're uh, in the pennant chase because guess what, Nick? Every game's matters. May games matter. When you're when you start off terribly, that affects you down the stretch. Yeah. Look at the Rays. Yeah. Speaking of Blake Snell, now a superstar. He's
1: pretty good. Four commanding
0: good. pitches, like his curveball, slider, fastball, and changeup. He has all four now. He's he is, he's nasty. He is um, he is very good at baseball. He's, he's got very the good
1: he, he's he's got the sauce, as I like to say.
0: He does. Um, but yeah, is there? So we have that. Who do you have winning Ale uh, manager of the year? I don't care. Um, <laughs> I, 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 look, look
1: I, I I'm not in the room enough to for me to really give a damn about the manager of the year award. Um, Cause I mean, the, the manager of the year award is the most surprising team award.
0: Um, mm-hmm. So I don't should, think it should go to Alex Cora. I would just give it to Bob Melvin. Just make it easy.
1: Maybe him or Kevin Cash, I guess I, that's fine. Yeah. I, I don't, um, I don't care. Kevin
0: Cash, one of the most anonymous managers of all time, by the way, yeah. He could go anywhere in Tampa Bay and nobody would know who he was. I wouldn't say that Not in Tampa Bay, but would you recognize Kevin cash? If you walked past you on the probably. Screen? Yeah. Okay. I don't think I would <laughs> Kevin cash. That doesn't ring a bell. I don't. Oh, raise manager. Got it. Got it. Remember. Okay. Got it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, he's one of those guys. Um, is there any, so we have NL MVP, AL MVP. Uh, is there anything else we're missing? AL Cy Young?
1: Um, that's that's a tough one. Um, there's there's a lot of guys for that one. Um, not uh, Luis Severino. No. Um, I might need to go to Verlander here, um, and I'll tell you why. Um, Snell threw 175 innings. Verlander's over 200, um, which is a not inconsiderable disparity. Um, he
0: gave it to four Cleveland Indians pitchers.
1: If you want to just have them share the award, that's fine. Yes. I'm okay with that. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I wouldn't mind if you want to give it to to Kluber. That's fine. I love
0: Clevenger so much.
1: Clevenger's real good. He's not the Cy Young, but he's good.
0: Um,
1: So, yeah, if you want to give it to Verlander, that's fine. you want to give it to to Snell, I, I I won't argue with you too much. We can't um,
0: give it to Trevor Bauer. We'll never hear the end of it.
1: No, I, I Trevor I – mean, he's only thrown – I mean, he's thrown even fewer innings than, than Snell. Um, yeah. And I, I'm not in the business of giving Trevor Bauer awards. Um, so, yeah.
0: Who do you think is in right field right now for the Indians?
1: They haven't had a right fielder for like four years. It's really weird. Right.
0: Um I periodically check this stuff. It's Melky, right? No, he's playing. It is Melky Cabrera. Yeah, he's been there for a couple months now. It's insane. I forget about Melky Cabrera. Has he played on every AL Central team? Because he was on the Royals. He was on the White Sox. He was on. Was he on the Tigers? I don't know if he was. No,
1: he never played for the Tigers.
0: So that's it. Um, But I think he's going to make it to every AL Central team. Because I feel like he's been on the Twins. He's like, no, he's not having been on the Twins either. How many teams has he been on? At least 15 at this point. Came up with the Yankees. Came up with the Yankees. Oh, man. How many teams? I'm looking at it right now. Yankees. It's only 33, though.
1: Yankees, Royals, Giants. Um, Blue Jays. He's on the Blue Jays? That's right. Yes. on the Blue Jays. Uh, White Malcolm Sox. Cabrera. Cleveland.
0: He's batting 275 right now. That's he, he always he hits. A that, he, yeah. The power comes and goes, but he always hits. Yeah. Um, and Michael Brantley, healthy right now. That's nice. He's
1: been having a really good year.
0: Yeah, it turns out when he's on the field, it's good for them. Yes. Um, <laughs> so uh, we're heading to the postseason. Give me your right now your World Series pick.
1: My World we'll Series go. pick. Um,
0: Braves Yankees.
1: I, I don't know if the Braves have staying power here, unfortunately.
0: No, I think they're going down in the first round.
1: I, I think they can win the first round, but um, I think the Brewers will take a dump on them. Um, they just don't have the bullpen. Um...
0: That's putting it very nicely.
1: Let me think here. Um... I don't like the Cubs at all. Um... I think whoever loses the West will beat the Cubs in the wildcard game.
0: I have Dodgers-Astros.
1: You know, I... The Astros are in a weird spot right now. Like, Carlos Correa might be dead. We don't know. Um... And that, that would be a big deal if he's still playing like bad Carlos Correa.
0: But they have a healthy Jose Altuve who's playing great. They have Alex Bregman. They have. It's no, they, just, they they've, have got, they've next got the guy stuff. Up. They can survive bad Carlos Correa, I think. They
1: can. Um, but my pick is Cleveland,
0: Milwaukee. Okay. Not good for baseball. I think that's great for baseball. You Oh, I meant, like, ratings. I think that's something that they are not a fan of. They I do not want that to happen. I think the
1: more that they can get Francisco Lindor into nationally broadcast games, the
0: better. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, I, I, do, I just don't see that being a good ratings booster. I, I don't care. I don't either, but I just don't think that is. Um, okay, I like it. I was not expecting Indians Brewers. There you go. Um, you heard it here first. You have yeah. So we'll, we'll we will touch base in a couple of weeks and we'll see how this is all looking and everything else. But it's almost best. Are we filling out a bracket right now? I mean, I have an like I've internalized my bracket. But yes.
1: Okay, so um, Yankees won the wild card game. Um, Yankees over Boston in five. Um, Cleveland over the Astros in four. Um Cleveland over the Yankees in 7. Um uh, in the National League.
0: Back-to-back ALCS losses for the Yankees. Yes.
1: Um okay. I mean cuz I, I people yell at me if I put the Yankees in the World Series. <laughs> so I I, I I I am Or if you talk about the Cubs yeah I'm not allowed to talk about the cubs
0: anymore it's really fun <laughs> I'm not allowed to talk about the cubs it's it's really yeah. funny no cubs no Yankees yeah you gotta be careful these days
1: um i i've I've been getting yelled at for my cubs takes lately um in the national league well here we go uh dodgers over the cubs in the wild card game um and then milwaukee over uh Milwaukee over Los Angeles in four um Rockies over the Braves in five. Um, Milwaukee over the Rockies in six. And then in the World Series, give me Milwaukee in seven.
0: Okay. Brewers, 28 Which feels weird because
1: now that I'm thinking
0: about it, though, hold on.
1: Taking the Brewers over Cleveland's pitching staff is really funny. Um, but... No, screw
0: it. I mean, I already, I already said it. So, so brewers and you're sap- all in on the brewers. Let's just ride this brewers hot streak, Nick. You're all in. Brewers Titter is going to love you. They already do. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I'm glad one NL Central team is accepting of you because I don't like the hate that you're getting.
1: Yeah. Um. Did you see last night when a uh, like?
0: Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh okay, so everybody who who doesn't follow me on Twitter and I can't blame you, um I was commenting on how fun Milwaukee is. Um and a Cubs fan brought up Josh Hader um mm. and how the team rallied behind Josh Hader. Um and my response to that was that if you're basically if you're looking for a good socially justified group of 25 guys in a baseball locker room you're going to be sorely disappointed no matter where you're looking um and that wasn't a good answer apparently um I could have posted the picture of Chris Bryant giggling in the Oval Office I didn't um Mm -hmm. and so yeah
0: yeah uh it was it's just dumb fandom can ruin the brain I think sometimes yes People get uh, very insecure about little things like that. It's just, it's not worth it. It's fine. Uh, Nick's a good guy. I promise. I know Nick. He's fine. Cubs fans, leave him alone. Um, and follow Nick on Twitter. Selene tweets. Uh, we forgot one more thing that we can touch on very, very fast. Uh, Bobby Evans reassigned in San Francisco, making some changes, getting some new blood in there after uh, Long overdue. having the number one payroll in uh, baseball this year not making the playoffs.
1: Long overdue in my opinion. Yeah. Um, There's going to be some very tough decisions ahead of the Giants. Um, And you know what? Like, I I can't kill the Giants for anything. Um, They did win three championships in five years with this group. So how am I supposed to kill them for that? Um, In hindsight, the Cueto and Samarja signings might have been a bit overzealous. Um, The Melanson deal is bad. Um so can we talk about the 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 absolute dopamine high and then crash of learning and then unlearning that Ned Coletti was going to be running the Giants for like 30 minutes? Um, that was the greatest 30 minutes of my life because Bob Nightingale tweeted out that Ned Coletti was the favorite. And we all should have known better because it's Bob. Uh, no offense to Bob, but um, we all know how his scoops work mm-hmm. sometimes. Um and and the the pure dopamine rush of learning that the guy who would be salvaging this team with the Mark Melanson contract was the guy who gave out the Brandon League contract it was just too much for me. I, <laughs> I I giggled. Um, I wanted it so badly, and I was very very upset when it was taken away from me. Um,
0: well maybe you can get Ruben Amaro in San Francisco.
1: Okay, so is this is this a good time for my uh, Ruben was framed speech?
0: Uh, yeah, sure, I I have no idea where Re- this is going, Reuben, but yeah, Ruben
1: was framed. Um, the Ryan Howard deal was not a bad idea. It's not wasn't the worst idea in the world. Um, the the final trades he made at the deadline before he was unceremoniously shown on the door were actually really good. They turned mm-hmm. out really well. Um, I I I put the Phillies kind of in the same category as the Giants, where like. I can't kill the Phillies for what happened to them because they did win a World Series and go to the playoffs with that team, and they, they just aged out and naturally petered out. It wasn't like they, you know, mid two thousands Yankees did and just you know signed Jason Giambi, mm-hmm. um, and so like the Giants, I I can't kill the Giants for falling into obscurity. They have, were really good for a while. And then their guys got older, and they're they're aging out a little bit, which is fine because they won three championships. Um, that being said, I've been a little mystified at their guiding philosophy for the past couple of years in terms of who they target and the uh, the things they seem to emphasize. Um, as much as I'm sure they take pride in their constant clown cars full of babyface infielders and relievers with long, scraggly hair and grease in their hair um because that they seem to make those guys in factories in san francisco (laughs) um i'm 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 dead serious like every reliever they bring up is a guy with a scraggly beard and long oily hair i don't understand it um but they have some stuff to work with here um
0: I mean their farm system is completely screwed. Like it's it, a, it is it's but
1: at the same time like there is a little bit of Cardinals devil magic in their farm system where they it's a really crappy farm system but then they pull Derek Rodriguez out of their ass. Dude, um
0: Derek Rodriguez. He's fun. He's and, good.
1: And it is worth mentioning that Derek Rodriguez is 26. He's not a he's not like a 22-year-old. St-
0: no, and he also didn't start off as a pitcher?
1: No. Um but like good story.
0: And if you don't already know it's Yvonne's. uh his yeah, son.
1: so like the two prospects they brought up this year that are pretty good, Rodriguez and Suarez, they're both 26. So it's not like these guys are, you know, going to hit their prime soon. Um, but like they they can do stuff like that where they, they find fungible stuff on their on their farm. It's not like it's not like they're bringing up scrubs. Um, but no, I mean, they have some painful choices ahead of them. They have to figure out what to do with Brandon Belt. They have to, you know what? You're going to hear Madison Bumgarner's name in in the, in the rumors uh this offseason. And frankly, I
0: don't I, think they're going to move him.
1: I would have to think about it.
0: It depends on who they hire as their new GM, like it right. like how much power he has and is this still Sabian's team? Is this Well,
1: that's like, the thing. Like I also like I understand you're going to get rid of Evans, but like how much power has Brian Sabian had in these decisions? Um and right. again, I can't kill Brian Sabian. He gave them three rings. Um, but at one point, do
0: you take a radically different approach? They make it seem like they want to take a radically different approach. They want fresh faces. I forgot their exact verbiage. No, they, 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 they said that they said all those, those, those terms of phrases. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I don't know who they're going to get. I know who they're not going to get John Coppola. Yeah. No. Ha, ha,
1: have you been amused by the, uh, multiple, uh, uh, let's redeem copy articles that came out this week? <laughs>
0: i haven't seen them
1: um so both peter gamage and jonah Carey both put out stuff about uh how uh copy wasn't that bad a guy uh well,
0: copy was on jonah's podcast a year ago uh
1: so i i i don't know if that's a coincidence i think he might be trying to stop from the ground for reinstatement we're gonna find out um but yeah that's that's incredibly amusing to me um the uh guy who was uh trafficking 13 year olds and skimming their bonuses
0: yeah, I don't think he's coming back anytime soon.
1: Human trafficking is generally a no no as far as I as far as I know.
0: It seems like it, right? Um you you would think that. Yes, you would think that. But anything's possible in this new world. Um but let's hope not. Let's hope Kobe copy does not come back. Um but then again, John Hart is on MLB Network and uh... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh we, we 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 could go down a long
1: list of people like that, but then I get in trouble
0: yeah and let's not do that because we're uh, have been but, a fun conversation let's not get I, each other in trouble y'all know
1: who i'm talking about
0: yes um all right man well this has been great as always i'm glad we're able to uh, check in and touch base tonight and uh we'll talk him soon uh, okay thanks nick
1: thanks for having me
4: sugar ray leonard roberto duran